Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hospitalized because they've been hurt, and yet they're asking, can I go back down? Can I help? And it's uh, that spirit that has brought us through this and is going to allow us to get through this stronger than ever. You said yesterday that if you look behind us here, this is the strength of New York. Yeah. Still believe that today? Uh, absolutely. You look at the, the people from across the city, across the country, who have really responded uh, and pulled together. Uh, terrorism hasn't divided us, hasn't uh, driven us from uh, contributing. It's brought everybody together, made us stronger. Uh, our freedoms are going to stay intact and our country is going to be stronger. What's the plan for the rest of the day? The search and rescue is the most important. There are 18 teams down there right now. We have additional teams coming in from Puerto Rico and other parts of the country uh, in the hopes that we can save some lives. We also uh, lost a power substation when a building collapsed, so we're moving in generators and emergency uh, uh, power supplies uh, to try to uh, bring normalcy back as quickly as possible. Now, after talking with the president, do you know anything about the suspects? Uh, not at this point. Uh, I did speak with the, uh, uh, the FEMA director just about a half hour ago, and uh, they have no indications of any additional uh, terrorist threats at this time. Uh, they're still controlling the bridges and tunnels uh, as to when, from a security standpoint, they can be reopened. But uh, it's just incredible to see how New Yorkers have pulled together, how the rest of the country has stood behind us, and we're going to get through this. Were ships coming into the New York Harbor? Uh, we believe that they, they will be here. Why and when? I think it's to reassure New Yorkers that the entire country stands behind us, uh, and the entire country has stood behind us, and we're grateful for that. So it's not You're a listening to Governor Pataki live on WCBS 880, talking to reporters uh, via News 2. And uh, the question about ships, the uh, USS George Washington air aircraft carrier has arrived in the waters off of New York City. Let's let's check the traffic now with Tom Kaminsky at well, 718. All right, and uh, Pat, let's go to the subway situation. Number one, trains running local only, Van Cortland Park through 34th, number two running express only from 241st through 34th. The fours and fives are not going to be running between Union Square and Borough Hall. The six trains operating only to Bleecker Street. The three is suspended. The B, the D, the Q, and the W trains have no service south of Canal Street. The LIRR at this point and Metro North at this point are up and running a normal schedule. Path trains are running to and from 33rd Street every five minutes. New Jersey Transit Trans
trains running regular rail service. However, no bus service into Manhattan. Local service being provided in New Jersey only on New Jersey Transit buses. New York Waterway ferries also operating out of West 38th Street into Manhattan. But again, it bears repeating. Unless you are an, an emergency worker or you are under, you're operating in some sort of an official capacity, you are urged to stay out of Manhattan today. And uh, at this point, the roads uh, are still uh, closed anywhere around the area of Manhattan. Holland and Lincoln closed down. All of the approaches off the Harlem River, uh, per, uh, all of the uh, bridges and tunnels uh, coming out of Queens and out of Brooklyn continue to be closed. Jeff and Pat, back to you. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, one hopeful sign the New Yorkers are there to help. Hundreds of people lined up to give blood yesterday, and it's still literally a drop in the bucket at this point. They need more. WCBS News Time, 720. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. CBS News update on Dan Rafiti's no confirmed death toll, but officials speak of thousands dead in New York's World Trade Center and as many as 800 dead at the Pentagon, also hit by a hijacked plane. Ferry boats carry bodies from Manhattan Island to a morgue in New Jersey as they are found in the rubble of New York's famous Twin Towers. With more from the scene, CBS News correspondent Lou Miliano. All along the side street here, trucks, flatbed trucks, a half dozen of them loaded with lumber for makeshift stretchers to carry out bodies. A string of huge open trucks to carry away the rubble and lights, huge trailers of lights to enable this work to go round the clock for days ahead. Aviation officials investigating the four almost simultaneous hijackings hope that Evidence will be found at the crash scenes in western Pennsylvania. CBS News reporter Jim Crisula, where a United airliner crashed. One of their priorities will be to try and find the United Jets' so-called black boxes, the plane's flight data recorder and cockpit voice recorder. The mother of one of the passengers killed on that flight just told CBS News she hopes her son, Mark Bingham of San Francisco, led some kind of rebellion against the hijackers because that plane did not plow into any building taking more victims. She got a phone call from her son on the plane. He said, I love you. Two of the planes were hijacked out of Boston, where authorities reportedly have found a rental car at Logan Airport containing flight manuals in Arabic. They're said to be working on names of suspects from the passenger lists. President Bush addressed the nation from the White House. The search is underway for those who are behind these evil acts. I've directed the full resources of our intelligence and law enforcement communities to find those responsible and to bring them to justice. The president said the government is not surrendering to terrorism. And at the Capitol, New York Senator Charles Schumer just told WCBS Radio... There is much more security than usual, but we are up and running. We are not going to let these people deter us from our task in any way. This morning at the White House, the president will meet with congressional leaders. CBS News Update, I'm Dan Ravi On WCBS, where it's 722, and joining us live now on the news line is Salvation Army Major Carl Schoek, who is running the relief effort for the charity in Lower Manhattan. You were just at the scene. What did you see this morning? Well, the work continues. The people uh, there are doing a heroic job. Unbelievable the stress that they're operating under. Uh, exhausted uh, workers, sleeping firemen, police personnel, uh, National Guard. They're simply catching sleep wherever they can and then going back into the scene again. Uh, unbelievable the courage of these uh, volunteers, these personnel. So part of your job is to help the helpers, isn't it? Yes, we have uh, eight mobile uh, feeding units there in a field kitchen. Uh, we're providing uh, thousands of meals. And uh, we've now had a request from the fire department for uh, because everyone is soaking wet and cold. We've been asked for uh, pants, shirts, and socks. 
So do you need people to donate this, or would you rather have them donate money that the Salvation Army can then go out and buy stuff? Well, uh, both. <laughs> we would prefer uh, having uh, a wholesaler make these donations immediately so we can uh, take them from our command center down to the site. But in the long run, we anticipate being there in, uh, at least a week or longer, and uh, we do need financial support. And, of course, they're, they're going to be trying to have uh, people spell each other, and there will be waves and waves and uh, shifts of people going in and out, and they will be cared for by you, and, uh, and, and you're asking for some help in doing that with material needs. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, there's the call to the garment industry in New York City. They need wholesalers to donate clothes for the rescuers. In Washington, the government went back to work amid the carnage. Its political leaders, diplomats, soldiers, leaving no doubt the terrorist assault will be answered. Secretary of State Colin Powell vowing this morning we will not... Let up. We will go after them. President Bush was in the Oval Office arriving about 20 minutes ago preparing for a unity meeting with congressional leaders and helping to set up a Red Cross blood drive at the White House. Colin Powell announcing it is a war. It is not a war against the United States. It's a war against civilization. WCBS reporter Marla Diamond is live now at the scene of the rubble of the World Trade Center. Marla. And Pat, at day's first light, we saw the National Guard soldiers move into the area in their Humvees, dressed in camouflage with their hard hats on and strapping oxygen tanks to their back in case they do need to get closer to the scene. Right now, we are a few blocks away at a press area uh, where police are expected to start bringing members of the media to ground zero, to the actual scene. And just uh, to describe the devastation to you, there are pieces of paper, personal effects strewn all about people's shoes, left on the sidewalks, people's coats. Uh, and most telling uh, of this disaster, all of the uh, papers that came fluttering down when the World Trade Center came crashing down. I'm holding in my hand right now a check. It's dated January 5th, 1999 to the New York State Office of Court Administration, a state office that is no more. And we're live at Ground Zero. Marla Diamond, WCBS 880 News. WCBS News Time 725. Red Cross spokesman Mitch Hibbs is joining us live on the line um, from, from headquarters in Washington. But, uh, of course, you're overseeing in a general way, of course, the New York City relief effort as well, aren't you? Absolutely. And what do you need? Uh, do you need continued uh, donations of blood? Do you need uh, financial and material donations? Absolutely. Um, what we're dealing with right now, the Red Cross is responding uh, to New York as well as Washington, D.C., the crash site in Pennsylvania. We responded to airports across the nation um, to where those flights were due to go. Uh, we've been responding with uh, mental health work to, uh, to the families affected and, um, you know, not just the victims in New York, but it's basically a, it's a nationwide wide disaster. Okay, so what we're looking at in terms of what we need are um, blood donations. Yes, um, we've got in the first 10 hours, we had over a million uh, uh, responses where people were asking, can, you know, can I get blood? And uh, what happens, you know, the, the shelf life of blood isn't all that long, and so we'd like to continue to replenish the supply. And if they call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE, uh, they can set up an appointment for later in the week. Yeah, of course, everyone right in the beginning of any kind of a tragedy wants to rush out and do something. But right. what you need to do is continue to remind them that the need is not going to go away for no, the next few days. No, it won't. Okay. And uh, beyond that, there are other other ways to give and other ways to donate. And uh, if anybody else is interested or so compelled, they can call another 1-800 line, 1-800-HELP-NOW. 
All right, 1-800-HELP-NOW and 1-800-SAVE-GIVE-LIFE. 1-800-GIVE-LIFE and 1-800-HELP-NOW. Thank you so much. Red Cross spokesman Mitch Hibbs lies on the news line with us. I believe we can go to Joe Connolly of the Wall Street Journal, get a brief word about the business news. We're waiting to speak with Mayor Giuliani. So, Joe, uh, we might interrupt you. Yep, Jeff. European stocks have been slightly higher at times today. Markets are much calmer than yesterday. The dollar has been higher. Oil prices lower. OPEC says they will assure supply. The Federal Reserve says it'll make certain banks have all the money they need. Some even think the Federal Reserve will cut interest rates again soon as a sign of economic strength. Now technicians today are working to reroute many downtown business operations over to other office locations over in New Jersey. I don't know, maybe like you, I kept waking up all night. I'm Joe Connolly oh, from yeah. the Wall Street Journal on WCBS News Radio 8. And of course, the markets, the stock market is closed today, and uh, we'll have to stay tuned and see when it will reopen because it all takes place in Lower Manhattan, where all the rubble still is. There was a question about the Nasdaq, which is computerized, but everything's up in the air at this point. Stay with us. WCBS News Time 728. Let's check in with Tom Kaminsky for the latest on the traffic situation. Let's, uh, let's go back over to the roadways in New Jersey because that's where we are seeing the greatest bulk of closings because of the virtual shutdown of Manhattan today. Eastbound Route 80, the express lanes are closed at the Garden State Parkway, and then at that point, the local lanes will be shut at the New Jersey Turnpike. The southbound eastern and western spurs at least are open, but the northbound eastern spur is closed at 15E all the way up through 80 and 95. The Newark Bay extension closed from 14 through 14C. The western spur will also be shut at uh, the top at 80 and 95. Eastbound Route 3 will be shut at 495. The eastbound side of Route 4 closed down at Jones Road. Eastbound on Route 46, we're closed at 5th Street in Fort Lee. The Palisades Parkway at last check was still closed at Exit 2 in Alpine. Inbound 1 and 9 closed down at the Tunnelly Circle. Route 7 is closed at Schuyler Avenue. Now trying to get into Staten Island is also, at this point, via the roads, an impossibility. 440 is uh, closed at the Outer Bridge Crossing. Uh, there is no access to the Gothels Bridge off the New Jersey Turnpike at Interchange 13. The Bayonne Bridge also closed down Staten Island bound. All of these bridges are open out to New Jersey, but nothing on the inbound side. The George Washington Bridge upper level out to New Jersey at this point is open. Inbound is closed. Holland and Lincoln Tunnels are also closed down. And the Tappan Zee Bridge is taking an awful lot of this alternate volume. Southbound New York State Thruway extra heavy into the Tappan Zee Bridge. 287, lots of heavy volume right into, uh, into the White Plains area. Jeff and Pat. Clear skies right now in Midtown. Actually bright sun Sunny skies, blue skies, 61 degrees. It's going to be sunny today, high in the mid to upper 70s. Clear tonight, 60s, as cool as the 50s in inland areas. And then for the weekend, uh, Friday, showers will end quickly after starting Thursday night. It'll be clearing and cooler for the weekend right now. Once again, 61, a clear sky, a north breeze. North breeze at 5 miles an hour. Terror strikes the U.S. Continuing coverage with the resources of CBS News and the news team on WCBS 880. Ferry loads of bodies are being taken from the World Trade Center carnage across the Hudson to New Jersey. The president declares New York City a federal disaster area. Secretary of State Colin Powell echoes the president's vow to track down the terrorists. The aircraft carrier USS George Washington is on guard in the seas off New York City. Security tighter than ever, but in Washington, the deeply wounded Pentagon is open for business this morning. Cell phone calls came from doomed passengers on the hijacked planes and from people trapped inside the rubble of the World Trade Center. Rescuers are now 
able to speak to one buried victim. Emergency workers coming in from as far away as Puerto Rico. We still have 260 firefighters and police officers missing. I'm Jeff Kaplan. I'm Pat Carroll on WCBS 880. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. CBS News Update. I'm Steve Kathan. Americans are still trying to shake off a day of horrifying images. I believe in prayer, and I'm believing that our prayers will make a difference in the situation. I'm reminded of Pearl Harbor, so I'm really upset about the whole thing. Rescue efforts intensifying at the Pentagon and in New York at the World Trade Center site, where hijacked jetliners crashed, leaving an overwhelming toll. Some people in the rubble still alive, making cell phone calls. CBS News correspondent Lou Miliano is in Lower Manhattan. All along the side street here, trucks, flatbed trucks, a half dozen of them, loaded with lumber for makeshift stretchers to carry out bodies. A string of huge open trucks to carry away the rubble and lights. Huge trailers of lights to enable this work to go round the clock for days ahead. This morning, Secretary of State Powell said the U.S. will go after those responsible for the attacks, something vowed by President Bush in last night's nationwide address. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. A fire still burns at the Pentagon, where some people estimate 800 or so may have died. Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld. I felt the, the shock of the uh, airplane hitting the building. Uh, went through the building and then out into the area, and they were bringing... Uh, bodies out that had been injured. Rumsfeld says the Pentagon is open for business today. Security still tight throughout Washington and New York. One hijacked plane, plane never made it to its target, crashing in rural western Pennsylvania. And CBS News reporter Jim Crisula is there. Dozens of FBI agents have descended on the crash site this morning, treating it as a crime scene. They will first map out the site, then begin looking for the United Jets black boxes, which could offer crucial clues about the hijacking that ended with the Boeing 757 slamming into the countryside of southwestern Pennsylvania. Domestic flights still on the ground until midday today. U.S. financial markets are closed. CBS News Update. I'm Steve Kathan. And this is Peter Haskell live on West Street. There is smoke now billowing out of a fire that is just beyond where the Trade Center used to be. It has intensified in the last few minutes, and we are seeing bleary-eyed firefighters making their way out of the debris area and uh, fresh troops moving in. Now, not too long ago, we spoke with Mike Kelly, who is from Ladder 150 in Queens, and I asked him what it's like in there. It's been sad, to be honest with you. But uh, it's, uh, it was an honor to, uh, to serve uh, with my fellow firemen and, and the police officers and do the best we could. Now, some of those firefighters going into the scene have thermal imaging cameras. That is something that detects heat. That will allow them to find uh, survivors. That's at least what they're hoping. Uh, new crews have been coming in. Old crews have been coming out. Just a, a disaster scene. It, it sounds so trite, but when you see all the debris and just piles and piles of debris and maybe eight stories high, uh, piles of the skin of the World Trade Center, that distinctive skin, uh, just scattered all over the place. Reporting live from West Street, Peter Haskell, WCBS 880 News. And this is Sean Adams live at St. Vincent's Hospital where the staff has been tripled and the trauma center is at the ready for those who just might be pulled from the rubble. Governor Pataki is fresh from ground zero. He made an appearance. Everything from giant uh, earth-moving equipment to firefighters with uh, with old-fashioned hooks in the, in, the, in the rubble going through there trying to save lives. What, what's your guess about He says there that this is certainly a rescue uh, mission 
getting underway. Search and rescue the firefighters that are in there using their hands, using anything uh, just to, to, to see if they can uh, uh, uncover uh, any of the victims. Uh, as for back here uh, at the hospital, 361 injured, 90 admitted, 62 critical Four dead. Live at St. Vincent, Sean Adams, WCBS 880 News. WCBS News Time 735, and we have uh, some word from CNN this morning. CNN has a report about some survivors. Well, we are not able to confirm it independently, but this is what CNN is saying. They're saying that they have six, found six survivors, one police officer, and five firefighters under the rubble of the World Trade Center towers. Uh, we'll try and nail that down for you and get more information about it. But right now, that is what CNN is saying this morning. Some important points about starting your morning. All airports nationwide remain closed. There was talk about possibly opening them this afternoon. That's going to have to come from the FAA later today. All public schools in New York City have been closed for the day. The stock market, as you've heard, is uh, closed. Uh, the mayor, again, confirming that uh, several hundred, more than 200 firefighters and police officers remain missing down in lower Manhattan. That's 202 firefighters and 57 police officers missing. The mayor said that this morning. The Red Cross is still hoping for more blood donations, even if you had to wait in line yesterday to give blood. The need is not going to go away. They need to keep the blood fresh. They don't want to just take it in two days and store it uh, indefinitely. They'd like you to continue to try and call and make an appointment to give blood over the next several days. They still need a lot of blood, and uh, there are shelters set up across the city by the American Red Cross for people who, who might have need of them. The shelters are staffed with mental health professionals and nurses. They are offering food. They are mainly in New, uh, Manhattan, also some on Staten Island. Many of them are at schools, and uh, for more information on that, it's the Bayard Rustin High School, Seward Park High School, Washington Irving High School, and several others. Not too many cars are allowed into the city, or not in Lowerman, Manhattan at any rate, but some of them are around and about, and Tom Kaminsky is covering traffic for us. Where we're actually seeing some volume is uh, out in uh, some of the outer boroughs. We're getting, uh, we had just gotten a look at the Van Wyck Expressway, and I don't know what people might be thinking trying to get down toward Kennedy Airport, because nothing is going to be moving in or out of Kennedy Airport, at least for quite some time, but the Van Wyck is awfully heavy, right on down through the Belt Parkway. Now, the Belt itself did not appear to be bad. The LIE, the Grand Central, with uh, some volume in for that area, but the bigger problem is in uh, Nassau County, right at the Queens line. Uh, at last report that we had had, uh, police were uh, checking identification along the LIE and along the northern and southern parkways, essentially right at the Cross Island Parkway. So that is something for you to keep in mind, and that just gives you an idea of the severity of uh, what we're talking about here. You are urged uh, to not make your way into Manhattan in any way this morning unless you are an emergency worker or you are operating in some sort of an official capacity. The Holland and Lincoln are closed. The George Washington Bridge only thing that's open is the New Jersey bound upper level. We have an awful lot of volume across that Tappan Zee Bridge. we got to look there too. The US, a special report from WCBS. We have live on the news line with us now, Mayor Giuliani. Good morning, Mayor Giuliani. I understand you have some, some hard numbers for us about casualties. Well, right now we, we have uh, 41 people that, uh, that we've uh, recovered and, uh, and who died that we can account for. We're looking for 259 firefighters and police officers, New York City and Port Authority, that are unaccounted for. And, of course, we, um, we don't know the number of casualties that uh, that we'll have from the building itself. When you discuss... But we are braced for the possibility of thousands, meaning we've organized our relief efforts and the medical examiner and others for the possibility that we could be dealing with thousands of uh, 
of bodies that we recover, and we just simply don't know yet what, what that number is going to be. The confirmed casualties you just mentioned, are those police and firefighters, or is that the Primarily, total number? No, they're, 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 that's the total number, including civilians, that we've so far been able to take out. And again, you know, the relief effort and the, the recovery effort has just begun. So. Can you tell us, CNN is reporting that there have been um, six people rescued that uh, they just started reporting that this morning one police yeah. officer and five firefighters can you uh, speak to that at all right now we we can account for three the so, two two people that have been taken out and one that we are in voice contact with and that we are hopeful we're going to be able to take out but there were uh several phone calls cell phone calls coming out of the debris and whether that's all from the same source or different sources, we're responding to all of them. We probably don't have the answer to that. Which so could account for, well, for the number well, difference. Yes, and it could well be more. We're hopeful that over the course of the day, we are going to be able to uh, recover people, that, that there will be people that are still alive in that effort. Are you able to get equipment into the area at this point? Everything was so unstable overnight. Yeah, we, we were able to clean out a good deal of the area, uh, organize the equipment. We are able to move people in and out and... You know, we've closed the area south of 14th Street, so the access and egress is going to be, you know, considerably easier. And then the rest of Manhattan, although it's open for business, looks like it's going to be pretty slow today, which means we're going to have a, we're going to have a wide range in which to operate, which is all, all to the good. This is a monumental task ahead. Of course, do you have any sense of how long it will take to clear the area to get all the survivors out and all the victims? We really have to focus on this day by day. This is going to take weeks, but we have to focus on it day by day. We will organize the effort every single day. We've gotten a lot of assistance. And right now, the, the focus has to be on saving lives. Is anything still burning? I mean, we see smoke. Yes, there are still some small fires here and there. There was a fire at the Millennium Hotel earlier this morning that, uh, that we've got to deal with. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Mayor, Mayor Giuliani, Giuliani, we appreciate you. that moment with us. He has to run, and there's certainly a lot of things to do. WCBS Newstime, 740. And uh, we'll check on now with Charles Osgood and the Osgood File here on WCBS. The Osgood File. I'm Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. In New York City, the horror story began yesterday morning with an airliner apparently off course. We saw a plane coming very low, and everyone said, wow, that plane is very, very low. It was American Airlines flight with 92 people aboard. I was walking to work, and all of a sudden, I see a jet crash into the first tower. It was the North Tower of the World Trade Center, 110 stories high. And then we heard the crash. We ran to the window. It went into the Trade Center. Then, 18 minutes later, the other tower hit by another airliner. First one we thought was an accident. When we heard there was a second one, we definitely thought it was terrorism. Firemen rushed to the scene, but what could they do? They didn't have a chance. We really never even got to uh, cl that close to the building. The explosion blew and it, it knocked everybody over. Building engineers tell us that the tremendous heat from burning jet fuel melted the steel that was binding the outside walls to the building's interior. Now, in that sort of construction, the outside walls actually hold the building up. And when they separated, the tower simply collapsed from the top straight down. First, the south tower. It collapsed. The top floors collapsed down. I saw it brought blow and then ran like hell. Tower 2 collapsed into Tower 1. Within minutes after that, we were ordered out. Chaos. It's just chaos out here. It really is. So the Twin Towers fall. It's amazing. It's crazy. I can't believe this shit is happening. I really can't. 
nightmares. Armageddon right here. It was the worst act of terrorism, not only in the United States, but anywhere, ever, in history. 50,000 people worked in those buildings. It may be weeks before we can get a clear idea of how many were killed. I tell you what, it's a, a sad day for America, it really is. Inside the building, there was a scramble to climb down the stairs. It was unbelievable. I was on the 39th floor about quarter to nine when a tremendous explosion hit. Debris, smoke, a roll of dust, everything, just couldn't see nothing. And I was praying to God then that, uh, <laughs> let me get by this now. And a great blossom of flame, a huge red fireball scared the hell out of me. Meanwhile, another of the hijacked planes that had taken off from Dulles Airport headed for the seat of America's military power, the Pentagon, where 23,000 people work, military and civilian. Most of them were evacuated. Planes coming in, come on. Let's go, Let's come go. on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There, too, the death toll is uncertain. At least 100, perhaps as many as 800, has been said. All told, the terrorists made this date, one like December 7th, 1941, the date that President Franklin Roosevelt said would live in infamy. It's another Pearl Harbor for this country. On Capitol Hill, Republican and Democrats in Congress made a joint statement of unity. And like Pearl Harbor, many of them said the events of yesterday morning caught us unprepared. We're very vulnerable. I think this is a wake-up call for America, a, a sobering call. We send the word out, particularly to those who have planned and committed these horrific acts that uh, America is strong, America is principled, America is united. The Osgood File. Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. We're going to go September live to the broadcast on Channel 2. Uh, Secretary of State Colin Powell. Seen before, uh, unless we get something that cues us, something that gives us some indication that this kind mm -hmm. of asymmetric attack is coming, we are always at risk. We can't defend against every single possibility uh, short of shutting ourselves up into some kind of blockhouse. We're an open society. And so well, we have thwarted many terrorist attacks over the years, and some have been successful. Uh, but I can assure you that we have competent people working on this. We do have the best people working on it. But it is, uh, it is impossible to stop every potential Understood. attack that's coming our way. Final note. Are we at war, Mr. Secretary? I think the American people uh, are not confused about the legalisms of this. When you saw those scenes coming out of New York and Washington today, the American people made a judgment. We are at war, and they want a comprehensive response. They want us to act as if we are at war, and we're going to do that diplomatically, militarily, picking uh, uh, options that uh, will respond to this, uh, searching out those who are responsible, those who harbored them. And so uh, as we go through the legalisms of all of this and determine how to respond in the international community, the American people know what they saw yesterday, what they believe they saw clearly was an act of war, not only against America, but against the international community, the community of peace. But they didn't hurt our spirit. They didn't hurt our resilience as a society. And we'll come back, we'll come back firmly. We are still very much intact as a society, as a nation, and we know how to respond. Secretary of State Colin Powell, you're a busy man. Thank you for spending some time. I appreciate Brian it. Brian Gumbel on the early show with Secretary of State Colin Powell. At 880 on your AM your all-news address is WCBS. Good morning. I'm Pat Carroll. I'm Jeff Kaplan. President Bush declares New York City a federal disaster area. Workers at what's left of the Pentagon are filing into work, even as part of the building still below smoke. According to Mayor Giuliani, three city emergency workers, police and firefighters among them, have been rescued from under the rubble of the World Trade Center. There might be more. He says 41 people have been confirmed dead thus far. 259 fire.
firefighters and police officers still missing, of course, along with thousands of civilians. The Red Cross and Salvation Army uh, are needing donations, they say, of money, clothing, and blood. All of New York is in need of blood donations. You should go to the New York Blood Center or the Red Cross. St. Vincent's Mark Ackerman says more than 800 blood donors were lined up at the hospital at one point. President Bush is already at work as of 7 a.m. in the Oval Office. There are reports the president and Mrs. Bush will give blood today. A couple of numbers have been set up by the police department. If you need information about loved ones, of course, there are a flood of people calling them and they are busy. We'll give them to you nonetheless. 866-856-4167 and... 212-741-4626. Mayor Giuliani has asked people not to come into Manhattan today, if at all possible, yet still some are trying. And WCBS reporter Mike Saranax is live at the Hicksville Long Island Railroad Station. Good that morning. They, yeah, that they are, Pat. Uh, I will tell you this, that many of those who seem to be commuting in today are government workers uh, and business owners checking in on their specific businesses. But there are some like Wayne Croner heading into the big city out of what he says is need. It's very hard to handle just the emotional impact of the possibility of dying or knowing people. I know people in the Trade Center. I don't know if they're even there anymore. There's no way to even find out if they're alive. Kroner knows he lost friends in yesterday's attack, and he says he's suffering. I just want to get back to a level of some normalcy, go and get blood, try to do... I don't know what to do. We should point out and we should reiterate here that authorities are encouraging anyone who doesn't have to be in Manhattan today to please stay away as the search and rescue continues. We're live on the Long Island Railroad with commuters. Mike Saranax, WCBS 880 News. Mike mentioned the call to give blood. Let's find out about that. Joining us live on the news line from the New York Blood Center, Linda Levi. We thank you for taking a moment with us. Uh, tell us about the shortage. Well, actually, we had a tremendous response from the public yesterday at many of our donor locations. We probably collected three times the amount of blood that we do in any typical day. People did not mind waiting hours to donate blood. Um, so actually, the, the, the amount of blood coming in has been um, very high. We're actually now, so that people don't have to wait for hour, hours and hours to donate, we're actually encouraging in particular type O donors, both O positive and O negative, and those people who are RH negative, to really step forward and for everyone else to maybe wait a little while so they don't have to sit through lengthy delays. They can make an appointment, right, to try and specify a certain time that they're going to come in? Well, they certainly can attempt to call our 800 number and schedule an appointment. Those lines have also been very, very busy. And, um, you know, we try to always honor appointments, but I think what's happened is called for extraordinary times, and we can't guarantee that is, we can honor appointments. Is there a website, perhaps, where you can find out where to give blood just to show up? Um, well, there's two things people can do. They can call that toll-free number if they can get through. That's 800-933-2566. Or they can try to access our website, which is www nybloodcenter.org. We, of course, want to thank, you know, the outpouring of support from New Yorkers. By no means do we mean to discourage anyone, but we're trying to be realistic and explain that there are really long delays. In fact, today we've consolidated our collections, so we have about 20 sites open to maximize efficiency and effectiveness and try to speed people through the process a little bit more quickly. Thank you, Linda Levi of the New York Blood Center. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. 
CBS News Update. I'm Dan Revive. Officials in New York fear thousands died and near Washington as many as 800 were killed in the Pentagon, but still no confirmed casualty toll. The mayor of New York City just told CBS News there are 202 firefighters and at least 56 police officers unaccounted for in the collapse of the World Trade Center, but five firefighters and one cop have just been found alive. It's been 23 hours since the attack began, since a hijacked plane hit one of the twin towers there. CBS News correspondent Lou Miliano watches the rescue and recovery work. Tow trucks pass here carrying cars, destroyed cars, covered with that telltale gray soot. And along the side street, trucks loaded with wood, sheets of plywood, and two-by-fours to be nailed together as makeshift stretchers. A half-dozen flatbeds, just an indication of what emergency crews expect to find. You have to put them to use. Some survivors are being found in New York, but many bodies, too. In Washington, Secretary of State Colin Powell has just spoken to the CBS News early show saying the U.S. will go after the terrorists who committed what Powell calls an act of war. We want the entire world to come down and not only condemn this kind of activity, but together, united, to go after those who continue to believe that by killing innocent civilians, uh, they can achieve political purposes. There have been no civilian flights in the U.S. since the hijackings and crashes yesterday. Will flights resume at noon as the Federal Aviation Administration announced? FAA spokesman Les Doerr just told CBS News. We expect that to happen around noon, the reopening of the airspace. But you got to remember, uh, you know, some of the airlines have airplanes all over the country, so they're going to uh, have to move airplanes back and forth to, to get things in schedule. Who hijacked four airliners yesterday in suicide attacks that killed so many? Government sources tell CBS News there are indications of a link with Osama bin Laden. The U.N. has pulled aid workers out of Afghanistan, apparently fearing a U.S. retaliation. CBS News Update, I'm Dan Ravi. Normally... Yeah. The bridges and tunnels are jammed at this point in time. It's eight minutes till eight o'clock in the morning. Not the case today. Tom Kaminsky, what do you say? It is uh, the most amazing sight that I've, that probably I've ever seen. Well, I, well, I think yesterday that that was the most uh, the most amazing sight I've ever seen. But uh, coming close is getting a look at this Lincoln Tunnel with no volume, no traffic, nothing. It's empty. The inbound 495 viaduct is empty. No cars. Holland Tunnel, no cars there. George Washington Bridge, no cars there. The only thing that there is at the GW. That it is uh, that is open in any way, shape, or form is a New Jersey-bound upper level of that GWB. Lower Manhattan is sealed off south of 14th Street. And keep in mind that the FDR Drive and West Side Highway are closed south of 96th Street. Now, the Henry Hudson Parkway had also been closed at 232nd Street. And while there are roads open in the Bronx, the Cross Bronx is open from what we can tell. The Deegan and the Bruckner are also open from what we can tell, especially the Deegan and Bruckner. They terminate there at the Triborough Bridge, and you will not be allowed to go into Manhattan via any of those Harlem River bridges all the way down to the Triborough Bridge and then just continuing right down the East River, 59th Street Bridge, Midtown Tunnel, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Williamsburg Bridge, Battery Tunnel, inbound everything is shut down, at least for the foreseeable future. We will keep tabs on all of that for you. We've had delays in Westchester and Rockland counties because the Tappansee Bridge is open, it's up and running, and it is heavy on the inbound side coming out of Rockland into Westchester County, loaded across the span, lots of volume on 287 out through the area of uh, Exit 8 and continuing over toward the New England Thruway. The mass transit picture up and running for the most part. The LIRR and Metro North and New Jersey Transit trains are running what they call a normal schedule. However, it bears repeating that unless you are an emergency worker or operating in some sort of an official capacity, you really have no business being in Manhattan today. Jeff and Pat. All right, thanks.
Thanks, Tom Kaminsky. We're going to have a comprehensive round-the-world wrap-up of all the events and all the reactions to it coming up at 8 o'clock here on WCBS. We told you a little while ago about the need for blood donations and that the President and Mrs. Bush were planning to also donate. Well, we've learned they're going to be giving their blood at 3.30 this afternoon. The most needed blood types are O negative and O positive. So they're asking you at the New York Blood Center if you have that kind of blood to, to really jump ahead and, and let people know that because that's what they need the most of. Uh, otherwise, their cup runneth over because of the generous donations yesterday. WCBS News Time 7.54. We're going live to Ground Zero now at what, what was the World Trade Center. WCBS reporter Peter Haskell. And, Jeff, we've been telling you that it looks like a war zone down here. We've just seen a National Guard Unit 3 abreast in their military uh, camouflage uniforms marching down Chambers Street from west to east. There is still a fire burning south of where the Trade Center was, and we just spoke uh, moments ago with a battalion fire chief here who uh, talked a little bit about a rescue when a survivor was pulled out. He really didn't have any details, but he said that gives them all the more hope that there might be survivors down there. We saw firefighters going earlier with thermal imaging cameras that detect heat. That would allow them to perhaps find where survivors are. And this uh, chief that we just spoke to said because of uh, the person that they found and the area that they found that person, they hope to get canine units in there. Search and rescue dogs that are trained uh, to get in there and find where survivors might be. So a, a whole lot is happening, but again, a fire continues to burn, and the scene is just utter devastation. The skin of the World Trade Center piled up maybe eight stories high and spread out over a very, very large area. Reporting live from West Street, Peter Haskell, WCBS 880 News. You're listening to live team coverage continuing here on WCBS 880, WCBS News Time 755. U.S. financial markets are closed today, but overseas the markets have been open. Joe Connolly has some business news for us. European markets are calmer than yesterday, Pat, and have been higher at times today. The dollar is higher. Oil prices have been lower. One trader in London, though, says there's almost a reluctance to trade still out of shock and decency and respect. OPEC says they plan to keep up oil supplies. The Federal Reserve Board says they will make certain banks have all the cash they need to operate normally. Some expect the Fed to cut interest rates again soon as a sign of economic strength and encouragement. Technicians are starting to reroute lower Manhattan business operations over to various offices in suburban New Jersey. Now, too, the planes may start flying again today. A man who took a business trip to Atlanta yesterday was trying to rent a car and drive home from Atlanta. Most think the country will now have a recession, though some say people in the economy may show more resilience than some expect. I'm Joe Connolly for the Wall Street Journal on WCBS News Radio 880. Interesting that OPEC is guaranteeing supplies so that there will be enough oil coming out of the Middle East and South America, but uh, that word wasn't out yesterday. There was a lot of price gouging going on at the gas pumps in parts of the country, places like Oklahoma City, Springfield, Missouri, where prices shot to as high as $5 for a gallon of unleaded regular yesterday. There was a lot of fear that the, there was going to be a shortage showing up in California. Gas wholesalers quickly raised their prices by as much as 20 cents a gallon. So even though OPEC's making a guarantee, you might see a few ticks on the pump upwards this morning. WCBS News Time approaching 758. Let's go check back again with Tom Kaminsky in the traffic center, helping uh, anybody who's trying to get around to actually do so and get around. Let's try to do that. The bulk of the closings, roadway closings anyhow, are in New Jersey uh, because of the uh, closings of the Holland and Lincoln and GWB and also the Gothels and Outer Bridge and Bayonne Bridges into Staten Island. They continue to be shut. Uh, let's start there. As a result of that, 440 is loaded up into the Outer Bridge and you will be closed there at the Outer Bridge. New Jersey Turnpike, no uh, exiting uh, 
uh, traffic allowed at Interchange 13 for uh, the Gothels Bridge. The Bayonne Bridge, as we said, is also closed. Staten Island bound Route 80. Still with lane closings. First in the express lanes at the Parkway, then in the local lanes at the Turnpike. Northbound Eastern Spur is closed down at Interchange 15E up through 80 and 95. That's for emergency vehicles only. The Western Spur also closed at 80 and 95. Route 3 at this point is open past Giant Stadium, but the stadium and the parking lot still being used as an emergency staging area. So uh, volume through there, and you will be then closed at 495. Up near the George Washington Bridge, Route 4 is closed at Jones Road. Route 46 eastbound closed at 5th Street in Fort Lee, and the Palisades Parkway southbound closed at Exit 2 in Alpine. Jeff, Pat, back to you. All right, thanks a lot, Tom. Weather, sunshine today, mid to upper 70s tonight. It'll be clear and cooler, near 60 degrees. Then for tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy, the high around 80, but a chance of showers moving in tomorrow night. Showers that would end Friday morning, ushering in a clear, cooler weekend. And it'll be sunny and uh, fair, dry and cool for Saturday and Sunday. It's sunny out now, bright blue skies and 63 degrees in Central Park. Good morning. I'm Pat Carroll. I'm Jeff Kaplan. These are the top stories coming up on WCBS 880. The first numbers have trickled in. 41 people confirmed dead. You just heard that here live on WCBS from Mayor Giuliani. But the mayor did have a glimmer of good news. He says three people have been pulled out of the wreckage alive. And they are in contact with others. President Bush has declared New York City a federal disaster area. The aircraft carrier USS George Washington is here standing guard in the waters off New York. The other big target, the Pentagon, is open for business, but on the highest level of alert this morning. The plane that hit the Pentagon originally was headed for the White House. The president Count on the global resources of CBS News for continuing coverage of the terror strike against the U.S. on WCBS New York and Infinity Broadcasting Station. It's 63 degrees. We have sunshine in Midtown Manhattan. WCBS News time at the tone. 8 o'clock. Recovery of thousands feared dead in terrorist attacks proving difficult. A heavy cloud of thick smoke is lifting, revealing tons of twisted steel and stone and cement. President Bush speaks words of comfort and revenge. Our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature. Terror lord Osama bin Laden denies involvement. Good morning, everyone. I'm Christopher Glenn with the CBS World News Roundup. The morning after, a nation awakes to find the grief and the anger have not subsided. I think we're already at war. I mean, this is not the time to whine about it. This is the time to do some fighting. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's about protecting, you know, what is rightfully ours, our land. The fires still smolder at the site of the destroyed World Trade Center and at the Pentagon. Thousands are feared dead in New York, as many as 800 in the nation's capital. CBS News correspondent Lou Miliano tells us live that lower Manhattan is still shrouded with smoke, buried in ashes, while the grim search and recovery effort moves into high gear. Cranes and bulldozers, pickaxes and shovels already at work as urban search and rescue crews still delicately pick their way in. Survivors were told five firemen and a police officer have been pulled out this morning, but there is little hope for what will surely be thousands. For a moment, a slight breeze lifted the thick cloud of choking brownish-gray smoke, revealing a blanket of dust covering tons of cement slabs and stone and twisted steel. But another fire has erupted, and the curtain of smoke is back. Another van of medical examiners in green scrubs has passed. Lights flashed. Storefronts have been turned into makeshift morgues. Cadaver dogs are now here. They're dealing with much the same at the Pentagon. And CBS News correspondent Peter Mayer joins us live from Washington. 
Authorities now say there could be 800 people dead at the Pentagon, rescue crews are confronting flames and smoke. Eyewitness Mike Walters saw the hijacked plane slam into the building. Whoever was piloting that plane, I mean, it, it was almost like a, a cruise missile with a pilot. I mean, it was just headed right for the Pentagon. But the Pentagon is open with the military on high alert. President Bush says the nation is going through unyielding anger. Our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. This morning, Mr. Bush is leading a White House blood donation drive. Later, he'll see congressional leaders who showed their resolve on the U.S. Capitol steps. God bless Live in Washington, Peter Mayer, CBS News. In Somerset in southwestern Pennsylvania, where the fourth hijacked jet crashed, CBS News correspondent Jim Crisula is standing by. Jim? FBI agents have arrived at the crash scene this morning. Chris, they will first map out the site, then begin the tedious and gruesome search for bodies and the United Jets flight data recorder and cockpit voice recorder. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Ridge says there's not enough words to describe what happened here and elsewhere yesterday. But I guess the range of emotion goes from rage and anger to sorrow to horror. Live in Somerset, Pennsylvania, I'm Jim Prisula, CBS News. One of the passengers on the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania was Mark Bingham. He phoned his aunt, Kathy Hoagland, just before he died. He just said, I want to let you all know that I love you very, very much in case I don't see you again. Now the work of assessing blame and determining retaliation begins in earnest. CBS News correspondent Dan Revive. Not publicly naming names, federal officials tell CBS News there are indications from intercepted messages after the attack of some involvement by Osama bin Laden's gang. Secretary of State Colin Powell just spoke to the CBS News early show, calling yesterday's terrorism an act of war. The American people made a judgment we are at war, and they want a comprehensive response. They want us to act as if we are at war. Powell says he'll coordinate a diplomatic and military response. And to make sure that those nations, as the president said last night, who might be harboring or providing comfort to these kinds of terrorist organizations understand that we will be holding them accountable. And once uh, this trail leads us to who is responsible, if there are nations that bear responsibility in that regard for hosting them, then uh, we will be uh, doing something about that as well. Live in Washington, Dan Revive, CBS News. A CBS News poll finds Americans in a vengeful mood. 60% said that these attacks were like having another Pearl Harbor. 28% said that was a wrong characterization. And like Pearl Harbor, 57% of Americans we interviewed said that these attacks will likely result in the United States going to war. And Director of Surveys Kathleen Frankovic says two-thirds of the poll Poll respondents want the U.S. to retaliate even if innocent people are killed. It's five minutes after the hour. The terrorism tragedy in America has been closely watched by people around the globe. CBS News correspondent Sam Litzinger has more from London. Newspaper after newspaper here in Great Britain has the stunning image of a fireball billowing from one of the World Trade Center towers. The headlines try to capture the horror. One reads, when war came to America. Another reads, apocalypse. Television coverage of the attacks has been continuous. It began shortly before 9 o'clock in the morning in New York. The attacks are front page news in France, Italy, Germany, Russia. But some media outlets are rejoicing. Iraqi TV played a patriotic song that began with the words, Down with America, sung over shots of the World Trade Center towers collapsing. 
Sam Litzinger, CBS News, London. An Italian newspaper called the attacks a Pearl Harbor without Japan, a war without an enemy against whom even the atomic bomb and missile defense system in space is useless. And the Indian Express had an editorial saying, for the Americans, terrorism is no longer a distant problem affecting third world countries. It's six minutes after. Stunned Americans by the thousands found solace in prayer after the, after the apocalyptic tragedies in New York and Washington and Pennsylvania. Although Muslims were urged by the Council on American-Islamic Relations to, quote, keep a low profile, and most mosques in the U.S. were closed, many churches threw open their doors for vigils and words of assurance. CBS News correspondent David Dow in Los Angeles has the first of our reports. They gathered for prayer in dozens of churches in the city where three of the four ill-fated jetliners were destined, a city where anger is evident. I suppose there's not anyone in this room that doesn't feel the rising anger that would seek to strike back. And the Lord reminds us that vengeance is His. More than 2,000 filled the church on the way in a Los Angeles suburb. It's just devastating, and I pray for the families. Though Los Angeles remains a city on alert, some public buildings that were closed will reopen open today. David Dow, CBS News, Los Angeles. God bless America, say the signs posted all along the road to Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church here in Houston, where the pews were packed with families concerned about their country. There are so many innocent victims, and then there are their families, oh God. There are perhaps dangers still to be faced and enormous obstacles to overcome. Here and in communities throughout the nation, police and emergency crews are suspicious, on alert. Red Cross shelters are on standby. It may be a long time before America feels safe again. Barry Bagnato, CBS News, Houston. Many experts fear the nation's economy could be thrown into recession because of the attacks. Economist Jack Kaiser. This is going to be a rather significant bite on the U.S. economy. There's a great debate in the economics profession as to whether the U.S. economy uh, is in a recession. Uh, I think uh, this event uh, is just enough probably to push it into a recession. I'm Barry Peterson in Tokyo. Not surprisingly, Asian markets from Hong Kong to Singapore tumbled. The biggest Asian market by far is Tokyo, and it was off more than 6.5%, dropping below 10,000 for the first time in 17 years. It had been even lower at one point, but actually came back a bit. Helping out, Japan's government poured more than $16 billion of fresh liquidity into banks during the day. A confidence-building measure for banks and for frightened investors. Barry Peterson, CBS News, Tokyo. In the U.S., the stock markets are closed today. It's eight minutes after. Let's check in with Tom Kaminsky and uh, any traffic problems to tell us well, about. Well, we actually do have some traffic troubles. Um, of course, in and around Manhattan, no access into Manhattan via the uh, bridges or tunnels. So uh, uh, lower Manhattan especially is sealed off south of 14th Street. But now we are getting some closings in Westchester County. The southbound side of the sawmill is closed now at McLean Avenue in Yonkers. The Hutch is closed southbound at Boston Road. And the southbound Bronx River is now closed at Wakefield Avenue. There has been an influx of people toward the Tappan Zee Bridge. The southbound New York State Thruway out of Rockland into the Tappan Zee is stopped from uh, the Garden State Parkway all the way to the Tappan Zee Bridge. And then 287 is loaded up out through White Plains and out through the New England Thruway. And please keep in mind, uh, this is, I'm, I'm certain, one of the reasons why these roadway closings have been uh, put into effect, that some folks are trying to get out of Westchester County and then through the Bronx and into Manhattan. That is not 
going to happen today unless you are in uh, you are operating in an official capacity or you are an emergency worker you really have no business in Manhattan today uh, that having been said the rail systems and um, I, I would think that this is just more as a confidence building measure than anything are uh, are on or close to schedule they are being reported on or close to schedule the LIRR Metro North running normal schedules path trains uh, running to and from 33rd Street uh, every five minutes uh, New Jersey New Jersey Transit trains are running a regular rail service, but there is no New Jersey Transit bus service into or out of Manhattan today. Only New Jersey Transit bus service available is local service in New Jersey only. The Staten Island Ferry is closed to the general public. That is being used for emergency services. Jeff Pat, back to you. All right, sunshine today, mid to upper 70s at 63 degrees. We have sunshine, the wind out of the east at 12 miles an hour. I'm Jeff Kaplan. Good morning, I'm Pat Carroll. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. WCBS News Time 810 on Wednesday morning, the 12th of September. And WCBS reporter Marla Diamond is live in Lower Manhattan at Ground Zero, where the World Trade Center towers were 23 hours ago uh, right now, blown up by two separate airplanes. Marla. Some glimmers of hope in all of this devastation, Pat. We are hearing reports of survivors being pulled out of the rubble. I'm going to let my colleague Peter Haskell tell you a little bit about that. He has a vantage point, a better vantage point than I do, and has spoken to some of the firefighters on the scene. But what I can tell you is that we are seeing the National Guard mobilizing and moving toward Ground Zero, camouflaged with water and oxygen strapped to their backs. They have blood-sniffing hounds with them to go through the rubble and the debris and the uh, the uh, rescue workers followed every so often by construction equipment, bulldozers and cranes to remove all that debris so that those rescue crews can get to those trapped inside. And there is a seemingly endless cavalcade of New York City sanitation trucks. They are carting away the debris, driving one of those trucks, Michael Chouette, who admitted to me that he is afraid of what they might find. Uh, there's people walking right into the rubble and all of that, so, you know, you don't, I don't know what I'm going to find, but I'm definitely a little worried about it. But he says it's his job, he's got to do it, but he never imagined that he'd have to do something like this. We're live at Ground Zero, the, where the World Trade Center used to stand. Marla Diamond, WCBS 880 News. The estimates of the number of people who perished in the World Trade Center Twin Tower collapses uh, runs into the thousands. We have a confirmed number. Uh, certainly only the beginning. Mayor Giuliani telling us that 41 people are confirmed dead and we have six confirmed survivors. People pulled from the rubble. WCBS reporter Sean Adams is live with us at St. Vincent's Hospital where many of the survivors uh, who yesterday were taken and into the night, in fact. Sean. And it is right now an agonizing wait at St. Vincent's. The ER staff in green uh, scrubs, the OR scrubs, uh, they line the sidewalks uh, and they are eager to see those flashing lights. Uh, the patients uh, uh, will be brought here at some point because this is the closest trauma center. 7th Avenue is cleared. There are dozens of them on the sidewalk right now, and it's just a waiting game. We haven't seen any uh, uh, people pulled from the rubble arrive here yet. Uh, Governor Pataki was down at ground zero. And we had people right there at the base of the tower, firefighters, going through the rubble. Well, right next door, as of early this morning, there was a high-rise still burning uh, under risk of collapse. And uh, uh, they put their own safety aside to try to save the lives of, their, of the people who are trapped in that rubble. And it's just, uh, uh, you see the death, you see the destruction, uh, but you, you sense the hope. The hospital staff here has been tripled, and many of them are on the street now waiting 
and just anxiously waiting to see those flashing ambulance lights. Reporting live at St. Vincent, Sean Adams, WCBS 880 News. WCBS News Time 813. And here is what we know to this point. President Bush has declared New York City a federal disaster area. Of course, that frees up funds to help pay for some of the cleanup and many of the overtime hours, etc. The World Trade Center death toll, as we just mentioned, is so far 41 confirmed and six confirmed survivors. Ferry loads of bodies have been taken to New Jersey. We've heard of 1,700 people hurt. Mayor Giuliani says 202 firefighters are still missing. 57 police officers, paramedics and other emergency workers still missing. One cop and five firefighters were reportedly rescued alive from the rubble. The mayor says the cleanup is going to take weeks and weeks, but we're going to take it day by day. It's all you can do right now. The USS George Washington arrived during the night. It is now in the waters off New York City for the purpose of air defense. The Navy says other Atlantic fleet ships have been ordered to provide defense and medical support for New York and Washington, D.C. The Pentagon, which was damaged and smoke is still coming from the building, well, it's open for business today. Workers are going back in. And the Red Cross and Salvation Army continue to ask for donations of blood, clothing, and money. WCBS News Time, 814. We're going to go live to uh, Mike Zirinax, who is, you're still in Hicksville at this point? I'm in Hicksville at the Hicksville train station of the Long Island Railroad, and I can tell you this, people are commuting. Uh, they're doing so with sadness and uh, the obvious look of pain on their faces. Many taking the railroad into Manhattan, and their thoughts seem to be the same. It makes you think about your freedom. It makes you think about... You know, when you're planning on, on going on vacation or you're going away for business, uh, what do you do? You know, once you, once you leave your home, and especially if you're using an airline, you just don't know uh, where, where your next step is going to be. There are no smiles on the faces of commuters on this day. All thoughts are on those injured and killed in yesterday's attack. It's sad. It's, just, it's truly a sad day. I mean, uh, things will be different. And I'll tell you this. It seems many of those who are heading in this morning are emergency workers, government employees, and quite a few business owners as well. We're live with the commuters in the Long Island Railroad. Mike Sarah at Axe WCBS 880 News. At 880 on your AM dial, your all-news address is WCBS. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kaplan. I'm Pat Carroll. Our top story on WCBS 880. The death toll has started. Mayor Giuliani tells us 41 people are confirmed dead. There are reports that six survivors have been found today, and the mayor is holding out hope for more. We're hopeful that over the course of the day, we are going to be able to uh, recover people, that, that there will be people that are still alive in that effort. This morning, we heard reports of ferries running back and forth to New Jersey loaded with bodies. The president has declared the city a federal disaster worker. Emergency workers are coming into New York City as, from as far away as Puerto Rico. The president is planning to donate blood. To set an example, at 3.30 this afternoon, they need types O negative and O positive. If those are not your blood types, really you can wait because of the generous outpouring yesterday. The whole world has been affected by what has happened yesterday, the terror in the United States, including the world of sports. And Jared Max is here to tell us a little about that. Pat, not since D-Day 1944 had Major League Baseball postponed its entire schedule of regular season games. But it happened yesterday, and we're just learning that all of today's scheduled Major League games have been postponed. The Chicago White Sox, who were in Manhattan yesterday, preparing for their series with the Yankees, were expected to be bussed out of town for Cleveland this morning. The Mets yesterday had to move out of their hotel in downtown Pittsburgh for what was believed to be a safer location in the Pittsburgh suburbs. Mets were in town to play the Pirates. Major League 
schedule all postponed yesterday and today. NFL, NCAA expected to announce later this week if there will be football games this weekend. The NHL yesterday moved its offices out of Manhattan into Toronto. We can only hope that one day very soon we'll be able to celebrate our country by turning on the TV and watching a baseball game. But if we've ever been made aware, it is only a game. Jared Max, WCBS 880 Sports. That's for sure. Schools are canceled today. The public schools are closed in New York City and uh, archdiocesan parochial schools throughout the area as well. That includes the city and many of the uh, suburbs outlying that are part of the archdiocesan uh, school system. Of course, the financial markets are also closed today in the United States. World markets are open. At this very moment, the situation might be changing in lower Manhattan. We're going to go live to WCBS reporter Peter Haskell at Ground Zero. Jeff, we were early telling you about uh, flames that we could see coming from a building just south of where the Twin Towers used to be. We can't see those flames anymore because the fire apparently has intensified. The smoke has thickened, and it is uh, a very light brown smoke that is emerging from there. Again, before we could see through to the building and see the flames inside the building, we can no longer even see the building, and that is... Uh, maybe 10 blocks from here, so it's really not that far. Uh, this is just an absolute mess. You consider what West Street is usually like at this hour. Traffic going south is moving very briskly. Traffic coming north is stopping at the lights. Now both sides are pretty much gridlocked. There's one lane that these huge container trucks are driving through, and as those trucks get filled up, they come back the other way. There are maybe four or five cranes uh, down at the debris area, and you can just see huge chunks of debris piled up maybe eight stories high an absolute mess it looks like a war zone and the national guard is here we now see uh rescue troops with helmets gas masks uh search dogs they're walking right in front of us now with the blue uniforms blue hard hats blue air packs on their back uh they're being called into action we have word that six survivors were taken out Search and rescue dogs are being brought in. Uh, they have thermal imaging cameras. They're doing everything they can to try to pull out anybody who might still be alive. Reporting live from West Street, Peter Haskell, WCBS 880 News. WCBS News Time 819. We're now seeing that apparently smoke, thick, heavy smoke, is wisping from the top of the World Financial Center. I believe that's the name of the building. It's the series of buildings that are right next to the World Trade Center. You might know them from their pyramid top. Let's go live to Channel 2 News. Dark smoke up above one financial plaza all morning long. Sometimes it's thick, sometimes it's not. And we really weren't sure if it, in fact, was burning or if there was something below that was burning. But as you can see, right over the green part of that triangle section of the roof, there's dark smoke coming up. And I guess you've been able to confirm it. It must be something burning on the south side of that building, possibly some debris that hit it from either Tower 1 or Tower 2 when it collapsed yesterday morning. That must be what's burning. We had been talking earlier about whether or not any of these buildings sustained damage. And now that I can see the light of day, in addition to that black smoke that's coming from that tower, there's also seems to be some broken windows on the front and on the north side of one financial uh, plaza there. So that is new smoke, or I should say that's more of the smoke that we've been seeing all morning. But initially, we did not know if that was that building or something next to it that was burning. Um, we also shot some videotape earlier of Seven World Trade Center, or the remnants thereof and it seemed to be smoking as well as firefighters were putting water on it and as they were trying to dig that out. So that's new smoke up there, Michael, and it just seems to be that a lot of that debris that fell from Towers 1 and 2 hit a lot of these buildings around here and uh, 
caused some damage. This is uh, CBS2 reporter Paul Florangis describing the smoke coming out of the top of the building, One Financial Plaza. That's the building that houses Merrill Lynch, Dow Jones, the Wall Street Journal. It's well known in architectural uh, circles for its beautiful lobby, a glass-encased lobby. Ironically, this is a building that was constructed on landfill that came from scooping out the ground to build the World Trade Center. We're following the situation closely. Again, it's One uh, Financial Plaza at the World Financial Plaza. Uh, now there's a thin wisp of smoke coming from the pyramid atop the building. We'll keep you on top of that. Now let's catch up with Tom Kaminsky. And certainly Lower Manhattan has been sealed off south of 14th Street. The FDR Drive and West Side Highway are closed south of 96th Street. But again, we need to urge you that unless you are an emergency worker or operating in an, uh, in an official capacity, you really do not need to be in Manhattan today. Uh, we have had police checkpoints now set up in Queens uh, on spot on the Cross Island Parkway and along the Van Wyck Expressway at the Belt Parkway. The Belt itself is open and running normally or, is, or whatever will pass for normal today. The westbound side of the LIE Northern and Southern State Parkways, they are currently closed at the Queens Line. Out of Rockland into Westchester, it is loaded up on the southbound New York State Thruway from the Garden State Parkway onto and across the Tappan Zee Bridge and then 287 heavy into White Plains. But keep this in mind if you are trying to make your way uh, out of Westchester into the Bronx and ultimately into Manhattan, that will not happen. Not on the Sawmill Parkway. It's closed at McLean Avenue in Yonkers. The Hutch is closed at Boston Road. The Bronx River Parkway at this point is closed at Wakefield Avenue. Uh, there is what is being called normal service on the LIRR Metro North and New Jersey Transit trains today, but this is about as far from a normal rush hour as you can possibly, possibly get in New York City. Jeff, Pat? All right, Tom Kaminsky with that. Right now we have 63 degrees sunny skies, no rain on the horizon until possibly tomorrow night. Meanwhile, Secretary of State Colin Powell says the U.S. will go after those responsible for the terror attacks and not let up. He spoke with, uh, with uh, CBS this morning with Brian Gumbel a little while ago. He is calling it a war, saying it is a war, not against the United States, a war against civilization. While President Bush asks his staff to join him in giving blood to help the victims of the terrorist attack, the president and Mrs. Bush are scheduled to donate their blood at 3.30 this afternoon. As official Washington is going to work this morning, the Pentagon is open for essential employees. President Bush at his desk in the Oval Office at 7 o'clock this morning. Transportation Secretary Norman Mineta is expected to brief reporters sometime around 10 o'clock this morning. That might have something to do with when airports across the country might reopen. People are stranded, of course, all over the country in a huge backlog of jets trying to get from here to there. The Pentagon is back to work today. Even though firefighters are still trying to put out the fire in the Pentagon five-sided building that was sparked when a plane slammed into it yesterday. They're still searching for survivors in Washington. A fire chief says the number of dead could go up to 800. Of course, they're also still searching for survivors here in New York City. A chilling story, a few chilling stories out of the newspapers, especially one from the Washington Post this morning, talking about the flight that did crash into the Pentagon. Uh, they say that that flight, uh, what happened was somebody turned off the transponder that led the people in the air traffic control towers know what flight it is. That plane made a beeline at full throttle for the White House only at the last second, pulling a fighter jet maneuver turning 270 degrees toward the Pentagon where it crashed. According to the Washington Post, people were told by the hijackers aboard that jet to get on their cell phones, call their families, and tell them that you're going to die. 
which they did, and that's how we know what transpired aboard that plane. WCBS News Time 825. Wall Street is closed again today. There's no word on when it will reopen, and analysts aren't predicting how this tragedy might affect the market. This is the longest the New York Stock Exchange has been shut down since it was shut down for two days at the end of World War II. Financial markets around the world are open, though, and Joe Connolly joins us now. Pat, stocks in London have been slightly higher. Other European stocks slightly lower. Tokyo stocks fell 6%, but the dollar has been higher and oil prices lower today. European markets are calm. Many say the markets will go through some volatility but should stabilize. They are calmer than they were yesterday. Oil companies say they have ample supplies. OPEC says it'll keep up oil supplies for the U.S. The Federal Reserve Board says it'll make certain banks have all the money they need. Some expect the Fed to cut interest rates again soon as a sign of financial stability. The news organizations stopped competing and all shared their pictures yesterday at the suggestion of CBS. There's even some talk now of delaying the start of the new fall TV season next week. This weekend's football games may be delayed, and they'll decide today whether to try to open the stock markets tomorrow. Most economists say the U.S. will probably, though, now have a official recession. Consumer confidence and travel will be down for a while. But some say the economy may bounce back faster than people think, especially if there's confidence and reassurance from the federal government. And one financial analyst says maybe people will concentrate now on their family and on their job, and in the long run, how can that be bad for the economy? I'm Joe Connolly for the Wall Street Journal on WCBS News Radio 880. Uh, a couple of questions for you, Joe. How is it that oil prices are down given the state of unrest and uncertainty? A lot of people in Europe say there's just even a reluctance to trade, that people are almost being discouraged from taking positions to fear, uh, for fear that they might look like they're trying to capitalize on things. And OPEC and the oil companies are issuing statements of uh, reassurance. Okay, now about the banks. Uh, are, are banks are expected to open today all over the region. Uh, in the suburbs, I hear that Fleet in Manhattan will be closed again today. Uh, the banks... Uh, in the suburbs are expected to reopen, and the banks say that they are not putting any uh, limits on ATM withdrawals or anything like that, which is also why the Fed says we'll make certain that the banks have all the money that they need. Alan Greenspan is headed back to the U.S. from Europe. Now, the only reason the banks are closed at all, even in, in Manhattan, is because of the location of the banking industry, right? Right. And some of the suburban banks say they closed just out of shock and respect and also the fact that some of their employees wanted to go and get their kids out of daycare and that they that was the only reason that uh, some of the suburban banks closed yesterday. All right. Thanks, Joe Connolly, Wall Street Journal, with the very latest on the financial market. Let's go live to Channel 2. Reporter Paul Faranges is down well, in Lower Manhattan. Some video of firefighters pouring water on the what remains of World Trade Center building number seven. As you can see by that video that we have, a lot of it is just collapsed on top of each other. All the vehicles that were parked there are either destroyed partly, fully, they're all covered with dust. Everything from fire apparatus to cars that belong to firefighters, cars that belong to police officers, cars that belong to regular people who park and who work down there. If you look at that wreckage, you can see, you can see just how hard that building collapsed. It kind of pancaked on itself as if it were a planned implosion. Firefighters have been pouring water on it all morning, and I think that's why we've been seeing white and then gray and sometimes darker smoke, because as they peel away some of that wreckage, 
they find more fire and they pour more water on it. But it's just an eerie scene to look at that and to look at all of those cars that are there that look like some of the video we all saw. All right, there's Paul Faranges reporting on CBS2. There was a thin wisp of smoke coming from one financial plaza at the World Financial Plaza, the pyramid-topped uh, building right next to where the World Trade Center stood. The building that uh, houses Merrill Lynch, Dow Jones, and the Wall Street Journal. We do know for a fact the Wall Street Journal people have gone to uh, other sites, as we imagine all the other folks have as well, to prepare their yes. uh, their paper. The buildings are empty. Well, it was uh, just shy of 24 hours ago that Tom Kaminsky was in Chopper 880 in midair noticing something strange happening at the World Trade Center. Absolutely. A moment in my life I will never forget. I will take it to my grave. Uh, let's go to the Holland and Lincoln Tunnels. We are at this point closed down. The George Washington Bridge, the outbound upper level uh, is open at the GWB. Throgsneck and Whitestone Bridges, uh, they are now open uh, as well in both directions. Henry Hudson Parkway southbound side is closed at 232nd Street. The Manhattan-bound Harlem River crossings are all closed. Lower Manhattan is sealed off south of 14th Street. The FDR Drive and the West Side Highway are closed south of 96th Street. Jeff Pat, back to you. All right, thanks, Tom Kaminsky, with that. And we have sunny skies in midtown Manhattan, the humidity at 76%, 63 degrees in Central Park, getting up into the upper 70s today. As cool as the 50s in inland spots by tonight, then sunny to partly cloudy tomorrow, the high around 80 with a chance of showers by tomorrow night. As we head to the weekend, the showers end Friday. It'll be a fair, dry, cool weekend again. Sunshine, 63 degrees, and certainly a factor in lower Manhattan. The wind from the east at 12 miles an hour. WCBS News Time. 8.30. Terror strikes the U.S. Continuing coverage with the resources of CBS News and the news team on WCBS 880. The morning after the terror, 41 are confirmed dead so far at the World Trade Center. The death toll, of course, expected to climb into the thousands. A thin column of smoke now trickling from the top of the World Financial Center. NASA says the smoke from Lower Manhattan has been visible from the International Space Center. Five firefighters, one police officer, have now been rescued alive from the rubble. President Bush has declared New York City a federal disaster area. He will be donating his own blood this afternoon. There have been reports of boatloads of bodies being ferried across the river to New Jersey, as many as 800 dead in the nation's capital. I'm Jeff Kaplan. I'm Pat Carroll. It's 831. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. CBS News Update. I'm Steve Kathan. Some survivors found alive in the rubble of New York's World Trade Center this morning, a day after the buildings came crashing down in the coordinated wave of terror. But there's new smoke on the Manhattan skyline. CBS News correspondent Lou Miliano is there. Lou, what's going on? Heavy smoke continues to blanket this entire area of the debris, and we have apparently fresh fires erupting within the rubble as we have heavy clouds billowing out from below. And for about a half hour now, a steady stream of plume of black from high atop one building of the World Financial Center. This scene is not static. It continues to develop. Lumiliano live in New York City. At the Pentagon, a fire still burns this morning. And CBS News correspondent David Martin is there. There is still no reliable estimate here on the loss of life, although as many as 850 people were believed to work in the area of the building where the plane hit. But the, the building is just too unstable right now to permit a real search for bodies. This morning, Secretary of State Powell repeated President Bush's vow to hunt down those responsible for the 
acts of terror. When you saw those scenes coming out of New York and Washington, the American people made a judgment, we are at war, and they want a comprehensive response. They want us to act as if we are at war. In Washington, lawmakers are talking about a determined, refocused America. Nebraska Senator Chuck Hagel. It, it seems rather trivial today, doesn't it, all the bickering about the budget issues. Uh, we will come together with this one focus because this is the one great challenge of our time to deal with terrorism. Many people dealt with yesterday's events by praying. Houses of worship from coast to coast added special services. There's word that the FAA will make a decision in a few hours about when air traffic will resume. CBS News Update. I'm Steve Kathan. On WCBS 880, where it's now 833 on Wednesday morning, the 12th. And WCBS reporter Peter Haskell is live at the Ground Zero site where we have been watching the smoke coming out of uh, one financial plaza, but now it seems to be dissipating. Well, there's still plenty of smoke, Pat. It is uh, a light brown color, and it is billowing up, and it is blowing from east to west, the opposite of the way things went yesterday. Uh, this is just like a war zone here. That's exactly what it looks like. You can see the debris piled up down the block. And we just saw moments ago uh, a unit of emergency services police officers with their navy blue uniforms, their dark blue helmets, and their blue air packs marching in in formation. And in the middle of that group, Julie Doherty from Elmhurst, Pennsylvania, with her bloodhound, uh, Jezebel, who is a search, rescue, and cadaver dog. She detects scents, um, different types. Anything can come to her. Dogs basically have a sense that people don't have. And when she finds something, the hair on her back will go up. And is she able to how is she able to maneuver in difficult circumstances? Very well. She'll take these people in and she'll get them out if she has to. We have seen firefighters come out glassy-eyed. They have been replaced by fresh troops. There's a group of maybe uh, two dozen firefighters sitting down trying to catch their breath. And just a moment ago, a bunch of them stood up and put on their, their fire jackets. A very long and arduous task lies ahead. We know that six survivors have been taken out, and they are hoping there will be more. Reporting live from West Street, Peter Haskell, WCBS 880 News. Well, first it's finding the people, and then it's cleaning up and making things right. And toward that end, President Bush has declared New York City a disaster area. And joining us on the news line is FEMA spokesman Mark Wolfson. It's the agency in charge of meeting out financial aid. You've never faced anything like this. Nothing to the, 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 uh, of, of this size. Uh, you know, as, as the last time we had a, a building explosion, uh, in the United States, uh, of course, was was in Oklahoma City, and and FEMA was involved in that in that particular situation. Uh, right now, our top priority is working with the uh, City of New York's firefighters in in searching for survivors, and we have sent. Uh, uh, we're sending eight of our specialized urban search and rescue teams to New York. Four of them are already there. Uh, these teams are highly trained. They have structural engineers with them. They have special search equipment to, uh, to search for survivors. Uh, these are the same teams that were used in Oklahoma City to search the building there, and, and uh, uh, we're, we're hoping that we're going to be able to help find some more survivors in that rubble. Uh, well, once this operation is completed, there is a staggering financial loss in Lower Manhattan, and your agency will have to help deal with that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and starting with the very basics, uh, with uh, the, uh, the the cleanup of the uh, of the area. You know, when when we get to the point where we're starting to have to deal with uh, removal of all of that debris, um, the uh, 
the federal government and FEMA stand ready to help help the city with the costs uh, of of uh, clearing that area and making it safe and helping to start restore the the public infrastructure in in the southern end of Manhattan there that's been so badly damaged. Uh, and and FEMA will be opening a disaster field office in New York City, and we will have staff up there working with, with the uh, city officials and state officials uh, for as long as it takes. I imagine it's going to be hard to get people into town just because there's no flights. Uh, yes, uh, but, you know, we do have the uh, the option of using military uh, aircraft uh, if necessary. Uh, that's how we're bringing these urban search and rescue teams in. Uh, and uh, uh, I expect that... Uh, uh, sometime later today, uh, our, our FEMA director uh, will probably be uh, making a visit up to New York also. All right. Thank you. Mark Wolfson is a spokesman for the Federal Emergency Management Agency, says they are mobilizing to help New York with money and manpower. WCBS Newstime 837. Let's go to St. Vincent's Hospital now. WCBS reporter Sean Adams has been there all morning as they try to take care of people who have been hurt in the building collapses. Yes, and St. Vincent is uh, fully mobilized, ready to receive survivors. Uh, the staff has been tripled. Patients have been moved out of here to make room. And dozens of doctors right now line the sidewalk, and they are just waiting. Governor Pataki was here a short while ago, and he sounds the charge for optimism. Uh, right now, the focus is on search and rescue uh, and to make sure that all security steps are taken and that uh, the, the services, the essential services, are brought back to every corner of the city as quickly as possible. Now, this medical effort here is uh, certainly taking a toll on some mentally. Psychiatric professionals are on hand. The doctors urge that all people begin to talk about this. Talk to your children about what has happened. And blood donors are being told to contact the Red Cross and the New York Blood Center. Reporting live at St. Vincent, Sean Adams, WCBS 880 News. We're going to bring you up to speed on the traffic situation in a moment. Some people are commuting in from Long Island. The LIRR is running trains into the city, and WCBS reporter Mike Zirinax has spent the morning at the Hicksville train station. Yeah, Jeff, for Long Island is taking the railroad into Manhattan today. It's a nervous time, a very sad time, and much of the conversation is about security. But what can you do? You know, there's only so much you can do. You can't strip search everybody. You know, we hope for the best. We're still a, a free society here. You have to live with consequences. Tom Brady works for the Postal Service. He knows it's another day, but a very different time. Oh, I don't think America will be the same again. We woke up to a, you know, this morning we wake up to a different world. And a very different commute. Clearly not a normal ride in. Only a fraction of those who normally commute into the city doing so today. We're live at the Hicksville Station, the Long Island Railroad. Mike Sarah acts WCBS 8 All right, let's get a, an overview of the traffic with Tom Kaminsky. Let's go back over to the rail situation. The LIRR Metro North, they are running what they call a normal schedule. Path trains are running to and from 33rd Street uh, every five minutes. New Jersey Transit also running regular rail service, but no bus service into uh, or out of Manhattan in uh, on the New Jersey Transit buses, only local service in New Jersey. Subways, one trains uh, and two trains are running through 34th Street. The fours and fives are skipping Union Square through Borough Hall. The six trains operating only to Bleecker Street. Fours and f uh, number three trains are suspended. The R trains, no service in Manhattan, but they are running in Brooklyn. The N trains are running from 34th through Astoria. The B, the D, the Q, and the W still no service south of Canal Street. And one bit of good news now, Staten Island bridges, Gothels, Bayonne, and Outer Bridge crossings have now been reopened in both directions. Jeff and Pat. All right, thanks a lot. WCBS News Time, 840. It's Wednesday morning, the 12th of September. The Osgood File. I'm Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. 
Americans are certainly angry at whoever did this thing yesterday. President Bush, in his talk to the American people last night, said that America would not distinguish between terrorists, such as those who carried out yesterday's horrific atrocity, and those who harbor them. Now, many have taken that to mean that Afghanistan, which is keeping Osama bin Laden, might be subject to U.S. reprisal. Bin Laden is regarded in Washington as the prime suspect in yesterday's terrorist attack on the United States. Ariel Marami, a terrorism expert, says that most Islamic groups are interested mostly in domestic issues, but that bin Laden's group is a different story. Osama bin Laden views himself as the uh, fighter for Islam against Western uh, ways of life. Nevertheless, as far as we know, there has been no concrete proof linking bin Laden with the hijacking of those planes yesterday and the subsequent attacks on the World Trade Center in New York and on the Pentagon. This morning, bin Laden is quoted as praising the people who carried out the attacks, but insisting that he personally had nothing to do with it, and furthermore, that he had no advanced knowledge about it ahead of time. Shamal Ismail, the bureau chief for the Abu Dhabi television in Islamabad, Pakistan, quotes a close aide of bin Laden as saying, Osama bin Laden thanked the almighty Allah and bowed before him when he heard the news. Taliban leaders in Afghanistan, where bin Laden is reportedly living, said yesterday that he could not possibly have planned or organized the attacks. And Abdel Bari Atwan, the editor of a London-based newspaper that is distributed throughout the Arab world, says that he doesn't think that it was bin Laden either. I think it is a consortium of many organizations working together to uh, carry out these attacks. I don't believe it is, you know, a work of a single man or a few uh, people. Hadwan says that many people in the Middle East were not surprised by the New York and Washington attacks. He thinks U.S. intelligence really should have seen it coming. Furthermore, he says he is astonished and shocked. American intelligence organization, he says, is supposed to be the best in the world. We knew in the Middle East that attacks on the U.S. were imminent. So, he says, why didn't the intelligence services take these warnings seriously? That one says it has been obvious for some time that the hatred and resentment against America have been building in that part of the world. There were a lot of calls in the certain Arab medias and the press uh, to attack the American interest. Maybe those uh, extremists realize that this is their time to hit and this is their opportunity to show their strength and to have uh, the upper hand in, on, on Middle East. So does that mean that people there were waiting for something like this to happen, expecting it to come? Many people felt that, you know, these extremist organizations are about to attack. So uh, the frustration uh, is huge in the Arab world. The, the dissatisfaction of the American foreign policies in its peak, anti-American feeling is very high. Americans were angered, to say the least, when we saw pictures of Palestinians in the West Bank cheering and celebrating when they heard what happened in the United States yesterday. Is that the way most people there feel about it? The majority of Middle Eastern people, they are not with these kind of attacks. They would uh -huh. like to uh, see a peaceful dialogue with the United States. The Osgood File. Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. September 12, 2001. WCBS News Time, 843. At 8.80 on your AM dial, your all-news address is WCBS. I'm Jeff Kaplan. I'm Pat Carroll. Our top story on WCBS 880, continuing coverage of the terror at the Twin Towers. 41 confirmed dead from the World Trade Center terrorism. Mayor Giuliani expects that number to go way up. We've organized our relief efforts and the medical examiners and others for the possibility that we could be dealing with thousands of uh, 
of bodies that we recover, and we just simply don't know yet what, what that number is going to be. Many bodies are being ferried across the river to New Jersey at make, for makeshift morgues. Cadaver dogs are now being employed in the wreckage. A thin column of smoke has been seen leaking from the top of the World Financial Center as well today. President Bush will donate his own blood today. His wife will as well. He's declared New York City a federal disaster area just a few minutes ago uh, from the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Uh, we had a spokesman who told us that four search and rescue expert teams have already been sent into New York City. They're in lower Manhattan. Four more are on the way. They will help. Federal disaster centers will be set up in New York City, but that comes later. Let's get a quick update on the sports world from Jared Max. And all baseball games just like yesterday postponed, Pat, again today. The first time that this has happened since D-Day 1944. Yankees, White Sox scheduled for tonight, postponed along with all of Major League Baseball. The White Sox were trying to get out on a bus as soon as possible this morning to head to Cleveland. The Mets were in Pittsburgh yesterday. They moved out of their hotel in downtown Pittsburgh, went to one in the suburbs. The NHL yesterday shut down its New York City office, moved headquarters to Toronto. We should find word within a day or two about plans for this weekend in the NFL. Odds are that the games will be canceled in the NFL. Not trying to repeat what happened in 1963, just two days after President Kennedy was assassinated and the NFL was criticized for playing its games. I'm Jared Max, WCBS 880 Sports. You're listening to continuing live team coverage of the Twin Tower disaster from WCBS 880. It's a sunny day and 63 degrees, bright blue sky going up into the upper 70s today. The New York City Police Department has a couple of numbers for people to call if you want to know about victims. Uh, they were finally able to compile some kind of list overnight of what they knew and establish these phone numbers, but they have been busy through most of the morning, as you can imagine. Here they are nonetheless. 866-856-4167-212-741-4626. New York City Public Schools are closed today, and U.S. financial markets are closed today. President Bush will be donating blood this afternoon along with his wife, and he's asking his staff to do the same. Emergency workers are flocking into New York City as best as they can arrive here from as far away as Puerto Rico. People still lining up to give blood. They really need O-positive and O-negative blood the most. If you have another type of blood, you might want to wait a day or two when there will be a more need as well. Late yesterday, we were able to tell you about uh, Navy ships that were going to be steaming toward the New York area to provide assistance. Well, one of them has arrived. The aircraft carrier USS George Washington is now in the water in the Atlantic off New York City for the purpose of air defense and for medical support with other Atlantic fleet ships expected to arrive in the area shortly. Down in Washington, Pentagon workers, essential Pentagon workers, are going back into the building this morning, even though smoke is still coming from the Pentagon down in Washington. There are estimates ranging from 100 to 800 people dead at the scene. And Congress is going to convene today. There will be some resolutions adopted and there will be a show of the U.S. government up and running and in action and not uh, broken down in any way by what has happened. The Red Cross Salvation Army asking for donations of blood, clothing, money. The Red Cross saying, oh, positive. O negative, those are the two types they need most. If those are not your blood types, if you're not O positive, if you're not O negative, they say you don't have to stand in any long lines. They're okay because there was a generous outpouring yesterday, three times the amount of blood they would receive in a normal day because people were lining up 50 and 100 deep. They might want to wait a day or so, and maybe there'll be another need then. You know, it was just about 24 hours ago from, from the next well, 30 seconds or so moment. when we kind of looked out the window and saw some smoke outside, and then we went to a traffic report, and... And Tom Kaminsky was there, and this is a recording of what Tom Kaminsky told us 24 hours ago from right now. 
flame and an awful lot of smoke from one of the towers of the World Trade Center. We are just coming up on uh, this scene. This is easily three quarters of the way up. We are, uh, this has, whatever has occurred has just occurred. That that was the first we heard in New York City of what had transpired down at the World Trade Center. We saw this wisp of smoke and didn't think it was as far away as the World Trade Center. We thought maybe there was a demolition project going on. Sadly, that was not the case. And now joining us live, Tom Kaminsky, who cannot fly this morning because, well, the airspace over New York City and the tri-state area is what the FAA calls sterilized. And, uh, you know, Jeff, I feel that the airspace around New York City has now been changed forever. Uh, certainly, we will have to rethink and uh, replan and re-coordinate. Uh, what we do and how we do our job. So everyone, uh, uh, everyone's life has been changed by this. Uh, playing that tape, uh, just uh, it brings it back to me. 24 hours later, we were at the George Washington Bridge and turning southbound on the Hudson River. And the only thing I recall seeing is a flash and a fireball. And that is something I will just never forget. And uh, shortly after uh, that report, we went to the uh, Twin Towers uh, and went south of them to check to see whatever, if whatever had hit the building, had actually gone through to the other side. You knew something, something had happened. We, we, something we just saw happened. smoke, but you saw something. Well, yeah. we, at we saw the flash and the fireball, and we knew obviously something catastrophic had happened. My pilot, uh, Arthur Anderson, uh, exclaimed, is that a plane? And then he uh, called out to LaGuardia Airport on our frequency, LaGuardia, did you lose one? And no response was heard. But uh, as we got closer and as smoke started billowing out from that gash, it, lo it looked as though if it were any sort of an internal explosion coming out, it would have been completely different. We knew that something had gone in on the north face of that tower. And we had checked on the southbound side to see if anything, if whatever had gone in had come out. Uh, and it did not. So we turned north. And about 90 seconds later, uh, in just about the spot where we had been, looking at the tower, the second plane came in and hit. Uh, and that explosion, we saw the flash through our window from behind us. Uh, turned around, and uh, at that point, both the towers uh, were, were in flames. But, you know, Jeff and Pat, I recall watching the Twin Towers being built as a kid from the New Jersey mm, sure. side. Uh, I've flown in Chopper 880 for almost 13 years. I have looked at the World Trade Center every single day, every single flight. And it is just mind-boggling to me that that landmark of New York City no longer exists it's, this morning. It's very bizarre. We were walking around Midtown last night, and you see a lot of the tourist uh, shops and whatnot, and there are posters and there are T-shirts, and, and they the all most, have the Twin Towers Yeah, it's on the them. most prominent feature on any T-shirt, any souvenir, any poster that you can buy of New York City. And uh, it is also uh, a very prominent feature on every map, especially aviation maps of New York City. Tom, certainly it was like the busiest day of our career, easily, yesterday. By far, by far. Um, we didn't have time really to talk to you. Take us through what happened after you saw that second flash, because shortly thereafter, you had to go back to base and land. Well, we saw the second flash, and we managed to get a little bit more time on the air with you. Um, at that point, we needed to get some fuel, because we knew we were, or at least we had hoped that we would be airborne for quite some time after.
afterward. Uh, we proceeded over to Ridgefield Park, which is very near Teterboro Airport, uh, got our fuel, and we're on our way back out. And actually, our helicopter had lifted off uh, the, the deck at Ridgefield Park, and the air traffic controller said, you need to return immediately. You need to shut down immediately. Uh, this airspace has been has been uh, sterilized. Had you ever heard that term before? We, have ne we had never, ever heard. Yesterday was a day of firsts for all of us. Um, one thing I think that's important to note about this is that uh, normally when we fly, we are flying in controlled airspace, either under uh, the auspices of LaGuardia Tower or Newark Tower or Kennedy Tower or, in that case, Teterboro Tower. There is a stretch of uncontrolled and unrestricted airspace along the Hudson River, from river to river, and that is very popular among sightseers, among private pilots. It offers a wonderful view of New York City, and we have seen so many people uh, just out for a joyride, getting a look at, uh, at, the, at the city and at the skyline and taking pictures and... I would certainly imagine that that airspace and all of the airspace around this, uh, this region is going to be changed forever. There won't be any more tourist uh, flights and joyrides and whatnot because... This they're just going to clamp this down. Is, this is one of these things that it is a day at a time, but certainly we... Uh, we will, I would imagine, be forced to look at how we do our job and what sort, of, uh, what sort of flying we can do around this area. It had been very controlled to begin with, um, but I would certainly think that the last bit of uncontrolled airspace that was around in this area has, has now been just gone by All the right. wayside. Tom, certainly there's going to be a lot of talk about security here in New York and in Washington, and we thank you for your efforts yesterday. It's been a lot of work for you, and we appreciate what you've thank brought you, to Jeff the public. Thank you, Jeff Thanks. Tom Kaminsky from the Traffic Center this morning, and apparently it is a ghost town at Grand Central Station this morning. The uh, Metro North trains are running on a regular schedule. Let's ask Margie Anders of Metro North, how did the morning commute go? Well, I wouldn't exactly say it was a ghost town, but it's very, very light. Um, my train from Tarrytown was about a third of the normal uh, ridership, but there are other trains that were very empty. For example, one train came out of Poughkeepsie that usually carries about 900 people, and there were only 60 people on that train. So the ridership is very, very light. We're but, also curious because, uh, you know, we, we saw Manhattan as a ghost town last night with no businesses open. Are the shops inside the terminal open this morning? No, a lot of them are not open. And, for example, uh, there's no bagels to be had. Uh, the delivery trucks were not able to uh, make deliveries. Uh, our newspapers are not here. Uh, so things are not uh, exactly normal, but, um, but the trains are normal. We're, we're going to run trains, and um, it's been decided by the mayor and the Office of Emergency Management, and we're north of the uh, crisis area, so we're going to run trains. So the hope is, is that if anyone has to come in, that they don't come in too far into Manhattan and that they don't bring a car. They take that's, the train. That's right. The other thing not to bring, obviously, is a camera. They don't want tourists coming into town. No, I, I well, I don't know about, um, they don't want a lot of extra people in town because they need to keep the roads clear for the uh, emergency vehicles and the earth movers and things like that. So hopefully we don't have a lot of people who uh, didn't go to work because of what's happened but decide to come on in with their camera and see what's up. No, there's not a, there's not a lot of tourist types on my train, for example, and not too many in, in, uh, in Grand Central. And there's not very many cars on the street either, which is a good thing. Oh, which very is good. what Tom Kaminsky's been telling us. Thank you. That's Margie Anders of Metro North. WCBS News Time, 8.55. Let's get a business report from Joe Connolly at the Wall Street Journal. 
Well, Joe, there are no financial markets open in the U.S. today. No, but London stocks actually are higher, Jeff. Paris is lower, but European markets have stabilized today. But trading is thin, and they're still in shock over there as well. And even there's a certain reluctance to trade yet for fear of being seen as trying to capitalize on tragedy. But the dollar is a little bit higher, and oil prices are coming down today. They actually started falling yesterday after spiking. Already today, technicians are starting to reroute some business operations from lower Manhattan over to the Jersey side, where many big companies also have offices as well. And some of the companies that operate downtown may be commuting to New Jersey, maybe for quite a while. I was talking to one woman today who seemed kind of down. I asked her if she's okay. She says it's just draining even thinking about all of this. Another woman who fled lower Manhattan says she hasn't been able to cry yet, but knows she will. Now and then today, people start talking about how telecom stocks may go up because of this, because of new investments in security. But then they just stop. Can't even bring themselves to no, talk about stock plays. How do you do not that? Not yet. People just don't want to talk about it today. We're all still shell-shocked. It yeah. hasn't sunk it's not, in yet. not time yet. Joe, is there any guessing game going on about when the New York Stock Exchange might be able to reopen? They want to get it open as a symbol that they won't be stopped. Uh, but just getting to the buildings is tough now. So they'll decide today... About tomorrow. And they'll decide tomorrow about the next day. I think maybe Monday. Yeah. We'll see. All right, thanks. Joe Connolly, Wall Street Journal, with the very latest on overseas markets. Of course, uh, U.S. stock markets, financial markets are closed today. WCBS News Time, 8.57, a little early. We'll go back to Tom Kaminsky. We were talking about um, yesterday and what it was like in Chopper 880, being, well, one of the first people able to broadcast what had transpired at the World Trade Center. Now, a little more than 24 hours later, let's look at the traffic situation in and outside of Manhattan. All right, let's look, uh, first of all, in Manhattan, which is where you really don't need to be unless you are an emergency worker or you are uh, operating in some sort of an official capacity. You do not need to be there. Lower Manhattan is sealed off south of 14th Street and... Uh, uh, really, the FDR and West Side Highway, everything is going to be shut uh, at 96th Street. Uh, the approaches uh, are closed, and as we have been saying, this has caused uh, quite a bit of volume in New Jersey because of uh, numerous road closings in New Jersey on Route 80, on Route 3, on Route 4, on 46, the Palisades Parkway 1 and 9. Uh, we've had the eastern and western spurs of the New Jersey Turnpike also shut uh, to varying degrees, so we've had uh, quite the morning there. However, uh, the upside of this is that traffic certainly, uh, absolutely, is lighter than normal this morning. However, going north now from uh, up toward the area of the Tappan Zee Bridge and coming out of Rockland into Westchester, it has been awful this morning. It is heavy from the Garden State Parkway right over to the Tappan Zee Bridge. Many people in the hopes of trying to get uh, southbound uh, into uh, the Bronx and then ultimately into Manhattan. At this point, that's not going to be happening on the Sawmill River Parkway. That's closed at McLean Avenue in Yonkers. The Hutch remains closed at Boston Road. The Bronx River Parkway at this point also remains closed at Wakefield Avenue. It it uh, also bears repeating that the airports are still completely out of service this morning. Uh, we will be getting updates, and uh, I'll be keeping you updated on that this afternoon as to when they may possibly reopen. And Jeff and Pat, back to you. All right, Tom Kaminsky with a comprehensive look at the traffic situation for us from the WCBS Traffic Center. We have sunny skies in midtown Manhattan, blue skies, ironically, on this very gray day. 67 degrees right now going into the upper 70s today and back down into the 50s tonight in inland areas. Tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy, maybe 80 degrees with a chance of showers coming in tomorrow night. They'll leave by Friday then clearing and cooler for the weekend. Saturday and Sunday, fair, dry, and cool. Again, 67 degrees. I'm Jeff Kaplan. I'm Pat Carroll.
Our top story on WCBS 880. Exactly one day after the terrorist attack on the World Trade Center, 41 people thus far confirmed dead. The death toll, though, is expected to go into the thousands. Bodies are being ferried to a makeshift morgue in Bayonne, New Jersey. 1,700 people are being treated at area hospitals. FEMA tells WCBS four expert search and rescue teams have now been sent in. Four more are on their way. Cadaver dogs are at work in lower Manhattan. President Bush is at his desk. He's declared New York City a federal disaster area. He and his wife to donate their own blood this afternoon. The aircraft carrier USS Washington is here. Count on the global resources of CBS News for continuing coverage of the terror strike against the U.S. on WCBS New York and Infinity Broadcasting Station. WCBS News Time, 9 o'clock. CBS News, this is Frank Setapani. Secretary of State Colin Powell promises to go after any country involved in yesterday's airborne terrorist attacks in New York City and at the Pentagon. Powell tells the CBS News Early Show. When you saw those scenes coming out of New York and Washington, the American people made a judgment. We are at war, and they want a comprehensive response. They want us to act as if we are at war. Powell says there is good evidence on who is responsible. CBS News correspondent Jim Stewart has the latest on what federal investigators are doing. They have executed certain warrants that we know of in Davie, Florida, in Daytona, Florida. They have seized a van in New Jersey. The white Mitsubishi was seized at Logan Airport in Boston. It was found to contain some materials in Arabic and apparently a flight manual as well. This reported earlier today, of course, by the Boston Herald. Uh, they have found some material, though, in that, in that car that leads them to believe that the people who seized the aircraft out of Boston were driving it. The attacks in New York were launched from Boston. Logan Airport officials are defending security there, saying they consider Logan as secure, if not more secure, than any other airport in the country. Emergency workers are using barges to ferry some of the dead from yesterday's World Trade Center attack to the New Jersey side of the Hudson River. CBS News correspondent Lou Meliano is live with the latest from near the scene. You can taste the dust still hanging in the air down here. Billowing clouds of thick smoke continue to drift over this rubble of twisted steel and stone. Urban search and rescue crews pursue their ever so deliberate and delicate task. There was a report of survivors by firemen and a police officer pulled out alive this morning. But Mayor Rudy Giuliani doesn't hold out hope for thousands still in here. Worst fears are that the numbers are going to be in the uh, thousands. In addition to the police officers and firefighters, um, at the time that this uh, attack took place, the building has uh, typically thousands and thousands of people in it. Storefronts have become makeshift boards. Medical workers in scrubs are filing in. Cadaver dogs have now arrived. Reporting live from Lower Manhattan, Lou Meliano, CBS News, New York. CBS News correspondent David Martin has the latest on casualties at the Pentagon. There is still no reliable estimate here on the loss of life, although as many as 850 people were believed to work in the area of the building where the plane hit. But the, the building is just too unstable right now to permit a real search for bodies. The FAA hopes to lift its coast-to-coast -coast flight ban in about three hours. Whenever service does resume, travelers can expect tighter security, more luggage inspections, and longer delays. CBS News Aviation correspondent Bob Orr. You're going to see, uh, if anything, maybe a slight overreaction, maybe a little more security than it's even practical. And then I think experience tells us, and even though this is far worse than anything we've seen in the past, over time the security probably will be relaxed this is CBS News. Waiting for a briefing from the mayor. Tough traveling into Manhattan. It is Wednesday morning, the 12th of September. 
Three minutes after 9 o'clock. I'm Pat Carroll. I'm Jeff Kaplan. Uh, we have sunshine in midtown Manhattan, but there's gray sky and still smoke over lower Manhattan this morning. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. We're waiting, as we just mentioned, for Mayor Giuliani to speak. And WCBS reporter Mary Gay Taylor is live at City Hall. Actually, I'm at where the mayor is going to give a news conference. It's an undisclosed location. He said uh, earlier this morning the World Trade Center may have been a visible symbol of New York City, but its spirit is its most visible symbol, and New York will show its spirit in overcoming this tragedy. He is very hopeful that more people will be found alive in pockets like a firefighter he visited at St. Vincent's Hospital yesterday who was rescued with members of his company and was totally amazed to find that the building had come down around him when they were taken out. Besides the massive rescue operation, he said the area is a crime scene. Evidence needed to bring the terrorists to justice must be found and preserved. He said the cleanup will take weeks months perhaps he spoke briefly of his own tense 10 minutes when he and a small group including the police commissioner rushed to find their way out of 75 barclay street the governor is here we expect to have a news conference within the half hour i should that that's always subject to change reporting live mary gay taylor wcbs 880 news. and of course when the news conference does happen with mayor giuliani we will bring it to you live here on wcbs 880 wcbs reporter peter haskell is near ground zero we understand that you'll be able to get a little bit closer to the World Trade Center? Uh, we are hoping that in the next half hour or so, a group of reporters will be brought uh, within shouting distance of that bombed-out area. Uh, how close we go, we will let you know when we get in there. We'll let you know now that it looks like a war zone, and it is appropriate. Armies of personnel, firefighters, search and rescue crews, doctors, all kinds of people, uh, folks operating heavy equipment. There is just a huge lineup of sanitation trucks, large uh, container trucks that will be filled with debris. When they're filled, they're removed. We can see four cranes or more down there removing debris. This is uh, about five blocks. We're about five blocks north of the scene, and it's it's really disorienting. The, the Trade Center was always the landmark. It was two blocks north of the Trade Center or three blocks south of the Trade Center. Now... It's, it's difficult to remember exactly where it was, and we can still see a now darker smoke uh, billowing out from the building we believe was south of the Trade Center. Uh, that fire has been burning all morning. We could see the flames earlier, but now it's a totally obscured by smoke, uh, absolutely like a war zone, debris scattered all over the place, and the, the outer skin of the Trade Center that was so distinctive in a huge pile, maybe six or eight stories high, and scattered all the way uh, across West Street. So uh, that's a, a full block away. Obviously, the debris area has to be huge. We'll get a better look, uh, hopefully shortly. Reporting live from West Street, Peter Haskell, WCBS 880 News. Many of the injured are being brought to St. Vincent's Hospital, where we find WCBS reporter Sean Adams. And those the survivors that were pulled from the rubble this morning, uh, we can tell you they did not come to St. Vincent's. This trauma center, though, stands at the ready. Uh, but all morning, it has not really seen much activity at all. Yesterday, uh, there were more than 300, 364 patients taken here, 61 of them fire and police department injuries, 64 uh, admitted, uh, four fatalities here. Uh, and 90, uh, uh, 90 of them admitted, I'm sorry, and many of them are in, uh, they're stable now, but uh, very critical condition, some of them. Uh, so uh, what we have now is a situation where Governor Pataki has paid a visit to the hospital, and he shared what he saw down at Ground Zero.
it's incredible to see uh, the devastation down there, but also uh, you have to be inspired by the professionalism and the courage of the, of the thousands of people who are working down there right now. The amount of debris that has been removed is phenomenal. St. Vincent's has tripled its staff, relocated patients, called in psychiatric professionals. There's an air of optimism here because history has shown that people can survive building collapses, but the medical staff now here waiting and they're anxious. Live at St. Vincent, Sean Adams, WCBS 880 News. Anxious. Are they fatigued, Sean? It's been a long 24 hours. Well, for some of them, yes, indeed. Uh, we saw some uh, paramedics uh, who have been on the job since 9 o'clock yesterday morning. They were some of the first to arrive. They brought patients here. And in that uh, time, uh, time frame, uh, the, the towers collapsed. Uh, and they are exhausted. They've been working nonstop. And a lot of these people are tired, but they've tripled the staff, so there are plenty to take their place. And volunteers have set up tables, food, water. There were women out scrounging around all Manhattan uh, through the night looking for bread and milk. They had a hard time finding bread, but they found what they could. And the volunteers are bringing around coffee. The doctors are standing outside, uh, and they are here at the ready. It's just like a small city even within the hospital itself, isn't it, Sean? Well, it really is indeed. I mean, they have utilized every inch of space uh, uh, to accommodate uh, people. They, they simply don't know the sheer numbers that, that could possibly be coming, and, but they are prepared. They have relocated other patients uh, to other facilities farther away. This is the closest trauma center. 7th Avenue is open. Uh, we don't know where those uh, six survivors pulled from the rubble were taken. Uh, we heard uh, talk possibly Bellevue. Uh, perhaps the nature of their injuries, uh, uh, you know, uh, dictated where they were to go. Uh, but right now we see a, a, a double bus uh, just pulled up with the accordion uh, connector in the middle. Uh, firefighter just stepping off. Uh, don't know where this bus is headed, uh, but we still we have not really seen uh, many ambulances coming this way. All right, thanks, Sean Adams, live monitoring the situation from St. Vincent's Hospital. Let's get a quick chat traffic update. Tom Kaminsky. All right, and let's actually get an update on a couple of problems. Uh, some reopenings now here. The Gowanus Expressway has now been reopened from Fort Hamilton Parkway up to the BQE. But remember, if you're going to be traveling there in Brooklyn, remember the Battery Tunnel is closed. The Brooklyn Bridge is still closed. The Williamsburg and Manhattan Bridges, they are still closed to vehicular traffic. The Gothels and Bayonne and Outer Bridge crossings are also now being reopened. Uh, however, there are still some restrictions on 440 at the Outer Bridge and on the uh, New Jersey Turnpike at the Gothels. Jeff and Pat, back to you. All right, Tom Kaminsky in the WCBS Traffic Center. It's Wednesday morning. Morning, the 12th of September. I'm Pat Carroll. I'm Jeff Kaplan. It's 9:10. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. CBS News Update. I'm Steve Kathan. Survivors have been pulled from the rubble of what was the World Trade Center this morning. Hope amid the devastation and death there. New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani says there's concern for the missing, and that includes fire and police officers. The number now is 202 firefighters that we're, that are unaccounted for, and about uh, 56 or 57 police officers, New York City and Port Authority police officers that we're also searching for. A new fire caused by the burning rubble has sent more smoke bill billowing over Manhattan skyline. At the Pentagon, a fire burns there, too, from yesterday's attack, and CBS News correspondent David Martin tells us. There is still no reliable estimate here on the loss of life, although as many as 850 people were believed to work in the area of the building where the plane hit, but the, the building is just too unstable right now to permit a real search for bodies. Secretary of State Powell has repeated the Bush administration call this morning to hunt down the terror group response 
responsible. CBS News correspondent Jim Stewart has new details on what the FBI has been doing. We have executed search warrants that we know of in Davie, Florida, in Daytona, Florida. They have seized a van in New Jersey. The white Mitsubishi was seized at Logan Airport in Boston. It was found to contain some materials in Arabic and apparently a flight manual as well. This reported earlier today, of course, by the Boston Herald. Uh, they have found some material, though, in that, in that car that leads them to believe that the people who seized the aircraft out of Boston were driving it. And there's new efforts on airport security, and the FAA is due in a few hours to announce when commercial air travel will resume. CBS News Update. I'm Steve Kathan. Here on WCBS 880, WCBS News Time 912. WCBS reporter Mike Zirinax has spent the morning at the Hicksville train station on the LIRR. Trains have been coming into Manhattan this morning, and people have been commuting. Those commuting into the city do so under duress and sadness. I was hoping it was a bad dream, but it wasn't. It, uh, it was reality, and uh, it was difficult to comprehend. No, I don't think America will ever be the same again. We woke up to it, you know, this morning we wake up to a different world. I'm in shock. I'm still in shock. And I don't know when that will end. The most powerful comment possibly coming from a big man, a strong man, standing six foot four. He choked back tears, wiped his eyes, and said to me, I can't speak. I just can't speak. On the Long Island Railroad, Mike Zaranax, WCBS 880 News. WCBS News Time 913. And we have on the line with us now Lieutenant Commander David Waterman of the U.S. Navy. And, of course, the Navy has sent uh, an aircraft carrier to patrol the waters off New York, the USS George Washington, which uh, arrived sometime early today. Is that right? That's correct, Pat. Um, good morning to you. The uh, Norfolk-based uh, aircraft carrier, USS George Washington, is currently in position off the coast of New York City. And it'll be responding to any tasking from the North American Aerospace Defense Command, which most folks know as NORAD. Um, and the main role for George Washington is to help provide air defense if needed. Seems like it's also meant to be a symbol for New York City because you can see it over the horizon. That's exactly right. It's uh, certainly, uh, it, it, wherever an aircraft carrier is, it's certainly a powerful symbol of freedom. And uh, we're not afraid to show it today. Uh, is it likely any planes will fly off it? Um, that is very possible. I don't have a schedule of uh, exercises or events, um, but if it's a normal day on board the ship, then yes, there will be flight operations. Well, we would assume this is not a normal day and certainly not a normal situation. Would it be an exercise of a plane floor or would it be a, a mission? It wouldn't be a mission per se. Um, what it would be is, uh, say, for instance, if F-18 or F-14 uh, was going ahead to launch, you might go out and practice either CAP, um, Combat Air Patrol, or it might go out and practice a search pattern. In other words, we want to have a, a presence in the air, and we can accomplish that as well as training at the same time. There are no specific exercises by name that the Navy is going to be participating that I'm aware of. There, now, there are going to be other ships in our area that are that are bringing in some help as well. Isn't that right? That's correct. Um, other Atlantic fleet ships have been directed to deploy with embarked Marines and medical assets to provide air defense, humanitarian, and medical support for New York City and Washington, D.C. Now, 
any more definition than that, I will probably not be able to give you because right now our idea was to mobilize and be available, and then what we provide in the end is uh, yet to be determined. All right, Lieutenant Commander David Waterman of the U.S. Navy, the USS George Washington, the aircraft carrier, is off the coast in the Atlantic. You can see it if you're on the beach. Sunny now, 67, upper 70s for a high today. At 880 on your AM dial, your all-news address is WCBS. Good morning, I'm Jeff Kaplan. I'm Pat Carroll. The very latest 41 people confirmed dead so far in the World Trade Center attacks with the death toll expected to go into the thousands. Rescuers are pulling people out. They're pulling rescuers out. So far, five, five Firefighters and one police officer have been pulled from the rubble alive. Mayor Giuliani believes living people are still under the wreckage. We're hopeful that over the course of the day we are going to be able to uh, recover people, that, that there will be people that are still alive in that effort. As many as 800 are dead in Washington, D.C. People are going to work at the Pentagon this morning, even as part of that building smolders, giving blood this afternoon at 3.30, the president and Mrs. Bush. President Bush has declared New York City a federal disaster area. WCBS News Time 9.15. The sports world pretty much stopped in its tracks yesterday. More now from Jared Max. Yeah, more now today, Pat. For the second straight day, all Major League Baseball games have been postponed. That includes the Yankees and the White Sox, the first game to be postponed yesterday as well as today. Thoughts about Barry Bonds or a home run record divisional races seem like something from another lifetime ago. The NFL will announce likely by Thursday if it'll play its weekend schedule. College football games on hold. The NHL closed down its New York City offices yesterday, moved its headquarters to Toronto. Tragedy also hitting the NFL, uh, NHL. Two scouts for the Los Angeles Kings were aboard one of the planes that crashed into the World Trade Center. Uh, those men, Garnet, Ace Bailey, and Mark Bavis, Lights out in the ballparks all over. Jared Max, WCBS 880 Sports. All right, thank you, Jared. WCBS Newstime 916. And now the recovery begins after the vicious terror attack against New York City. We really have to focus on this day by day. This is going to take weeks, but we have to focus on it day by day. We will organize the effort every single day. We've gotten a lot of assistance, and right now the focus has to be on saving lives. Mayor Giuliani spoke with us live here on WCBS earlier this morning. Lower Manhattan below 14th Street is now shut down, but you can get into Manhattan. You have to use public transit. Metro North's Dan Brucker. We are looking at having a normal rush hour schedule today and a regular schedule for the rest of the day. And it's pretty much the same story on New Jersey Transit. We are operating our regular rail service into New York today, as well as into Hoboken Terminal. However, we are not operating our bus service into New York. That's bus service into the Port Authority bus terminal or bus service across the George Washington Bridge. As New Jersey Transit spokeswoman Penny Bassett Hackett. In Washington, Senator Chuck Schumer told us that we're going to need and we're going to get a lot of help. We're going to need a huge amount of help. Uh, we've already been declared a disaster area, but obviously uh, uh, a tragedy of this magnitude hasn't happened anywhere in America uh, since Pearl Harbor. The military is here, as you just heard us, speaking to a Navy representative. The aircraft carrier USS George Washington is in the waters off the coast, providing air defense and visible on the horizon. About a half an hour ago at the 24-hour mark since this all began, Tom Kaminsky described this as... A time of firsts. Too many firsts that we'd prefer not to have. Tom joins us live on the traffic, and uh, well, we've never had a rush hour like this. No, we, we never have. I've never had a morning where I've looked at the uh, inbound side of the Lincoln and Holland tunnels and seen absolutely nothing, not a single vehicle around. They are closed down. The George Washington Bridge is also closed inbound. The only thing that had been...
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.